This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I can tell by our next guest's uh, face while we were doing this, we were doing this uh, Zoom interview that he enjoyed hearing about the Schuylkill Expressway and the New Jersey <laughs> Turnpike. <laughs> he doesn't have to drive on them right now. Uh, please welcome Bruce Davison yeah! to the show this morning. Hey, Bruce, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I, I, I just made a bet with myself that the Schuylkill Expressway would be jammed today. <laughs> yeah. 40 years ago when I was stuck on it every wow. day. Well, let's lay some of the groundwork. Bruce has been in so many films and TV shows Great throughout stuff. the years. And, and in fact, uh, being a, a, a character actor, well, but a, a starring, you know, a, yeah. a, a lead actor as well. But I, I believe Bruce, and, and Bruce is from the area, and we're going to cover some of that. Were you in a documentary called uh, The Guy That Was In That Thing? And it was about yes. the characters. Yeah, okay. there were, it was being uh, 12 other actors who you know their face, but you don't right know what their name is. Who is that guy in that thing? Right. Yeah. And so, and, and that's... Uh, and, and and that's, you know, living the life as a character actor, working job to job, you know, waiting for those jobs to come on board. It was a really interesting peek into what you do for a living. Oh, that's good to know because so many people think, uh, especially when I'm working in the South or driving through there, everybody says, oh, you Hollywood types. <laughs> you, know, you, all, you all sit around the pool all day long and smoke dope and, and you know, make your kids wear masks <laughs> uh but you uh uh you know as kathy had said you're ozark season four um mm -hmm. and how did you get on on this show how did that uh come about somebody approach you or because uh, i don't know how these things i actually work. auditioned okay. for it uh, you know i i love the show i had a number of friends that were on uh, over the years uh, um, harris Eulen and uh, janet mcteer uh, to spring to mind and and um, being the last season, I really wanted to see if I could get to be part of an ensemble like this because it was I, I don't audition often, but when I do, it's usually for something that I really want to do. And uh, I really wanted to be part of a show that I consider the best cast show around. Wow. The series has a great uh, great ensemble. And I, and, and I, I, I started watching it. Everyone uh, around here is, is sort of addicted to it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I started seeing the, the different reviews as the series is progressing. And it's one of these ones I know I'm going to have to jump back in and, uh, and get involved with. But there, uh, it seems to be like, you know, tonally and, and just... In, in, and I, I still know it if I got a moment. It went, uh, there's a certain immortality involved in acting that comes not through the plaudits or the, the books or the awards, but through the knowledge that an actor carries with him to his dying day, that on a certain afternoon in a dusty and empty theater, he cast a shadow of a being that was not himself, but a distillation of everything he had ever thought wow. or felt. Mm. All the unsingable heart song that the ordinary man may feel but never utter, he gives voice to. And in so doing, he joins the ages. And I said, I'm off. <laughs> I don't know how you could not be persuaded by that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I got to meet Arthur Miller when I did The Crucible. And he was wow. there. And I, I was talking to him. And he said, hey, what are you doing in Paris? That's pretty good. That's all right. I didn't think it is some of that stuff. And I said, well, you're the reason I'm an actor. My, my said, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say my apologies if it, if it doesn't, if it already exists. But 
these stories are fantastic. Have you have you considered or have you in fact done an autobiography? Because you have I'm I'm just starting to work on it. Okay, you know, I do have some uh, great memories. Of I mean, people that really are life been life guides, Henry Fonda and Arthur uh, Miller. I mean, Lucy Barton. Yeah, and I said, where where did you get that? He said, oh, that's in the essays. I'll send it to you. I wrote that about Lee. Lee wow. Jacob. Wow. He says, because we were all sitting around there and Mildred Dunnick, this was in Death of a Salesman. And he said, Mildred Dunnick was fine in her part and Arthur Kennedy was fine and Cobb just sat there like a walrus on a stool mumbling <laughs> to himself. And I said to Kazan, I said, should we fire him? And he said, no, give him time. And he said, and then all of a sudden, one day he looked up and he said, there's a crack in the ceiling. And it, there was no crack in the ceiling, but there was Willie Loman, the best performance in on Broadway in all of the 50s, one of the great performances of all time. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, and that you, to bear witness to that, you know, is is kind of a miraculous thing. Uh, that, yeah, it really was. Yeah. Really Bruce, I, I have a question. I'm, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to phrase this, but I'm curious for somebody who has, has worked as long as you have, has worked as many jobs and, and, and roles as you, you've gone through. And, and mm-hmm. I want to go back to this character actor versus the um, uh, the marquee star, the big the big you know money makers, and how um, level of respect uh, for those two different types of people in this business um, because I got to believe that there are some people that are making gobs of money that can be on the same level as you and actually maybe respect you even more because of how hard you worked. Does that make any sense? I mean, um, I, I, it really does. Okay. I, I, um, it's a wonderful time when people are all trying to make something together. And, you know, even the, uh, the, the greatest stars that I've worked with, I guess, are, are, are like Lee J. Cobb and, and uh, Lucille Ball. And um, Henry Fonda, God, and, um, um, Burt Lancaster, certainly. And they all had great advice, very sage advice for me as a young man. And uh, at the time, I, you know, when you're young, you think you know everything. Yeah. And then as you get older, you realize that, that advice and that it, it pays off. And when you're making something together, it's like all of you are... Uh, a war is a kind of an uh, of a you know the way it feels and you're all doing it you're working sometimes 17 hours a day in in mud and cold and everything i think of game of thrones and those people doing that <laughs> night shoot for three months and uh, ireland i said boy i'm glad i wasn't on that that's got to kill everybody um but it's it's it can be very difficult when you do it, but it's the joy, mm-hmm. and we all you know we're like fishermen. We wait for the next one. It's, 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 it's funny we were watching the the Harry Potter um, um, anniversary uh, yeah. reunion, and uh, Preston and I came to to sort of the same um, conclusion as to why we we loved it so much because there is in that certain thing these all these actors and everybody involved with this long run of films shared something mm-hmm. that. And a language that only they can understand. And yeah. over the the decades that we've been doing the show, and and with the the, the city of Philadelphia that's given us a, a livelihood and all this, it, it, there's a certain thing that we have that no one else can understand. You know, and yeah. and so you always have to turn to your group, like on a film or when you're doing that. That is that that same sort of familial sense you're talking about. 
Absolutely. Um, before COVID, we all went to audition, and I'd be sitting with 10 guys that all have, should have gotten the same job as me. They're all brilliant. Uh, I'm, I, here's an example. One time I was with um, uh, George Siegel and uh, uh, Michael Lerner, both Academy Award winners or nominees, and myself sitting on a bench in Redondo Beach to uh, speak for uh, some three-line part in some godforsaken thing, and none of us got it. And we were at a poker game, and we're all sitting around talking about what a terrible, ah, yeah, yeah, that nineteen-old kid. She didn't even know who the hell we were. What was going? <laughs> Charlie Durning looks up from his cards, and he says, "Gives you a chance to act." <laughs> I carry that with me all the time. That's great. If you're just From tuning in, to the next. <laughs> it's uh, Bruce Davison who's with us and uh, is in season four of Ozark, which is uh, running currently on Netflix. And, and he's a Philly guy, and we love talking to him. Nick, you want to ask a question? I do. Yeah. And Bruce, it's it, it's a serious role in a very uh, silly movie. Uh, Spies like us is uh, <laughs> underrated comedy, and and you're one of the I guess quote unquote bad guys. You work for I guess the the the, the army or the government or whatever um, right i don't even know if you had any scenes with Ackroyd or uh, chevy chase but um it, it, i love that movie and it's such a goofy movie what what memories do you have uh, from that one? Oh well they, they were um it was just a wonderful time we shot most of it in london some of it out in palmdale but uh, uh, uh john landis would always get stars to do all the bit parts and the extras and I'd find myself in scenes with the Cohen brothers BB King you know saying one line or you know BB uh, King yeah saying the boys need a Pepsi yeah that's right uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh and Costa Gavras uh, all you know all these great people and it was so so exciting for me because I had a great time in London too he oh, also there. included the great special effects artist Ray Harryhausen was one of the I mean people yes, that yeah. only fans of film would know and that's what makes exactly. it such a fun thing yeah, yeah. He would do all that, Steven Soderbergh, all of them, yeah. So I, I want to ask, uh, as a father, because I believe that you're a father of a, of a young actor, and I'm a father of a daughter who is, you know, in high school and pursuing and loves the theater. And in fact, she has an audition to, today, and like uh -huh. I want to, um, I want to encourage her. And you know, what are your thoughts and uh, and feelings on raising a young thespian? Well, my daughter is the one who's interested in okay. that. She's 15, about to turn 16. And my son is a writer. He's 26, uh, working on the East Coast. Um, it's really hard because she doesn't want my input right now. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I mean, she's okay. Okay, I got it. Because I think she's sort of afraid. But I, I just want to, it's the hardest thing to sit back and let them learn for themselves i give her advice when she asks but uh that's it's getting a little better now because she's getting her feet on the ground she's doing a production of a play herself and, and she just i couldn't talk her out of it i wish i could <laughs> no. <laughs> because of the toughness of the business but right. she just it's in her blood she just loves it so much and oh. she's eight hours dancing on the trampoline um, to music to uh, <laughs> of the plays and stuff. And I keep thinking all the old hits and she, all these new ones are what she's involved in. That's crazy because my, my daughter's around the same age and it's it's new and old. I mean, like she's doing like, you know, Bye Bye Birdie right now, Little Shop of Horrors and, and some of the, right. you know, not old, old stuff. We're not talking like Camelot and the King and I, but, you know, old enough, I guess. Right. 
Well, my yeah, my daughter was doing Bye Bye Birdie too. She <laughs> did that. That was the oldest one she did. It's all Evan Hansen and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of funny because I remember when I, you know, as I was a kid, I remember my dad, you know, a uh, 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 big film fan and continues to be. Uh, I was aware. I was aware going back to uh, you know uh, Sunset Boulevard and 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 well before that and all of these movies that that were classics and and um, I don't know if that happens as much today you know because obviously the the volume and the amount of films available has increased but I I always tell people man you're missing a lot if you don't go back and and check oh, yeah. those movies that have that legendary status for a reason. That's uh, that's one thing I find is sort of tragic and missing so much as a th- as a history, yeah, a real history of the theater and the history of film. Um, you know, it's I, I really would love it if that was had more of an emphasis. But like you say, there's so much volume of stuff, now. right? And it's 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 back to I guess what music was in the '50s when everybody could make a one-hit wonder in their garage. Mm-hmm. It's it feels the same way, kind of. There's so much stuff coming out, but it's it's the cohesion of it we can't really see from where we are. It's true, in. it's true, yeah. But it, but a good time for, for young actors, I would imagine, because there's so many different uh, avenues for them to pursue. Exactly, and and, and the, uh, they'll pay you 50 cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the way it is done. And I, I really like independent films for the most part because that's something that doesn't have a corporation telling you, oh, well, Hamlet's okay, but put a dog in it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know what, that's, that's why I, I'm a big fan of horror films, because a lot of times you'll find these very high concept, they manage to get made, because it's hard, yeah. obviously, but you know, those you'll get those little movies that kind of sneak by you, and documentaries end up being that way as well, where you get, yeah. you know, um, uh, you, you're getting somebody who just said, I, I have this vision, I want to do this, they, they pull together a small crew, and you'll find a lot of that stuff coming out of the documentary world as well, where, you know, yeah, well, it can get made. Yes, I think my wife's working on something like that right now with the uh, uh, older actors putting something together. Mm. Uh, Bruce, yeah, we have, we have a question because now that we do these Zoom interviews, we can get a peek into people's households. And uh, somebody mm. in our studio uh, wrote me a note and says, "Is that an autographed Stephen King book that is hanging on oh, your Jesus. wall there?" <laughs> yeah, yes, what is that? It is actually that's that's from Stephen King. I I did a. Oh, man, you got good cameras. In <laughs> yeah. um, sorry. That, yeah, I did a, a reading uh, of a book of his called From a Buick 8. Okay. And um, he wrote me this wonderful letter and said, if you ever, you know, want to do something else, you're the man. So I did. And I, I, I ended up doing a series with him called Kingdom Hospital that we showed. Oh, that's you. That's yes. right. That's yeah. correct. Excellent. The the Which, um, and, and I just uh, I, we've been in touch over the the years, and I just uh, I start since COVID, I started painting again. So I I uh, sent him some pictures, and he said, "I want that one, that one, that one over there." And, and, he said, how much is it? Yeah, $100 million. <laughs> so uh, from a Buick 8, is that the, the audio book that you had narrated? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Excellent. And I, I am with. Uh, yeah. I, I'm currently working my way through the entire King Library via audiobooks, and I have not gotten to that one yet. I just found my next book, so nice. I'm definitely going to be well, ordering great. that this yeah. week, and I will get on that right away. I have fallen in love with book narrations and the people who can do it the proper way. Um, do you bring out the the characters? You change your voice and do things like that for yeah. the characters. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. It's an art form. Yeah, I just um, um, did one. George Romero was a dear friend. Uh -huh. The manager had the same. And uh, he was writing a book that was sort of a conglomeration of everything since he created zombies. I mean, <laughs> our image of it in Night of the Living Dead. But he died, and um, there was a sort of a... Um, a book that he had half finished, and now it's it's it was finished, and I did the voiceover for that, and that, that was really weird uh, doing that. You know, to, talking about the infection coming to everyone in the middle of COVID in this little booth. <laughs> no, right? it, it is great. I actually had a chance. To sit and talk to George Romero, I, I was a one of the few flesh-eating zombies on the Tom Sabini remake of Night of the Living Dead, and Romero came by, and and just the word that comes to mind is character. What a character! Like oh, he was great. Tons of stories. Are you? He was great, and he was enthusiastic to his last breath. Yeah, about life and everything. He just wow. He just cheer up a room every time he came in, because it could be done. It can be done. Who can do that? Another the kind of guy he was. Another character actor who I, I love listening to his narrations is uh, William Sadler. He he narrates a lot of books. I don't know if yes. you've had any uh, interactions with him before or not. Uh, no, but okay. I think we've sat in the same room together trying to audition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very powerful, yeah. powerful actor. Wonderful yeah. actor indeed. Well, the, the whole category of of character actors is there's so many fantastic thespians. And, and, and it's the backbone of... of I agree. Of, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, more, I'm always more drawn to that to that. That performance, that character, that actor, who you go, okay, he's in it? Okay, I'm going to pay attention to this. Right. Yeah. Bruce, are you... Uh... we got to keep working. <laughs> it's got to be good. you got to keep working. Yeah, um, you got a mortgage and stuff. You know? <laughs> right. Do you ever get back to the Delaware Valley on occasion? Do you have family here still? Um, I, I haven't been back in quite a while. Um, I, get, I got back my... Uh, I have a friend, Skip Nelson, who I'm dying to see back and lives there, that we grew up together. Um, and I, I just, most of my relatives have either died or moved away. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of the cemeteries out there. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, we'll be your extended family if you want to come back. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'd love to come in with you guys. You've got a window, too, I see. Yes, we do. <laughs> we can see outside. It's a nice thing. Uh, well, listen, Bruce, we'll, we'll watch you in uh, Ozark Season 4 and uh, whatever other projects that will keep popping up. I'm sure you got some stuff that's in post-production now or something on the way that we you should You know, I just did a film with Barbara Hershey after 50 years. We oh, did she's our great. We film together last summer in 1969, and this is the first time we've worked together since. Wow. But, uh, we're in a, it's called The Manor. It's a horror film. She's, okay. in, she's in one of my favorite movies, Peter O'Toole, uh, The Stuntman. Uh, which oh, yes. just yes. What a, a great quirky She's movie. Great. She's a great actress. Excellent. Yeah, thank awesome. You. Well, Bruce, uh, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck with everything. And, and hopefully we'll see you sometime soon. Thanks, guys. Great right. talking. You, you too. Bruce Davidson, guys. Yeah. He's awesome.
Great stories. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Loads of great stories. Man, oh, man. All right, well, listen, I want to take a break. Be back in a moment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I saw this article, thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, it was on uh, BoardPan, which is a great website for uh, lists and just uh, uh, interesting uh, information about random uh, topics. Uh, there are people that, that uh, checked in and shared their 50 rules of life that are unspoken, yet everyone follows them. Right. Okay. And I like this. Like we're not going to go through all 50 do, of them. Do the top 40. Uh, some of these are pretty good. I'm not going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, uh, Obey Bill's wishes and not go in any particular Skip order. Skip number 10. Yeah. Sounds desperate. Uh, so, like, here you go. Here's one of the uh, unspoken yet everyone follows rule. If somebody gives you, if someone gives their phone to you to look at a picture, don't scroll yes. and see all the other pictures. Yep. I've done that before. I've made the mistake Have of you? doing that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, oh, well, let me see what else you got here. And, and then I realized they started getting very uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, uh, no, if they give you, a, like, something that is a, in a series of pictures and yeah. they tell you to do yeah. that, Here's our that's two, fine. Take a look uh, at some of these. Uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah. Take a look at them. And there's uh, a picture of the missus bent over. Right. <laughs> well, that's what happened to me. Yeah. I, I was scrolling through, and uh, he handed me the, the phone, and he goes, here, you know, look. And I, I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, if somebody takes a picture, usually they'll take, like, a couple of pictures right, of the same right, thing. Right, right, yeah. So that's what I was scrolling through. And then right after it, it was a picture of his wife's boobs. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, here's another unspoken rule yet we follow. Give me six feet of space when I'm at the ATM or urinal. Basically, whenever I'm taking valuables out of my pants. <laughs> uh, I, one, one, of the, one of the COVID things I, I have appreciated has been the spaced out oh, line. Totally. Personal space. It's yeah, been yeah. nice. It's mm-hmm. slowly going away. I'm starting to notice. Yeah. Have you guys as yes. well? Even yep. though the stickers are still on the floor and everything. I, I always, especially at the ATM or the bathroom, I, I've always given, um, you know, a wide berth. Earth. Yeah. But even even at just the regular counter, I, I yeah. would appreciate a little more space. I have a friend who enjoys um, the opposite of uh, he will make people uncomfortable on purpose, especially at urinals. Now he, that's funny. He finds it to be <laughs> hilarious, like Casey. especially in. Uh, I know he's going to find somebody who doesn't find it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he particularly enjoys it at sporting events. So it'll be at a yeah. Phil's game or whatever, and he he will just pick the urinal right next to somebody, and all the other urinals are open. So there is a uh, at the Eagles game uh, right outside a section like two. 41, 242, there is the men's bathroom. Steve, you walk in to the bathroom, and there is a urinal. You're... You can basically see the guy's junk hanging out. Like really? they, they need to have a partition up. <laughs> it's at the end of the wall. Right. You, wait, right? Wait, wait, wait. you can see it from outside the bathroom? Well, is it angled? To, uh, in other words, t- is, it, okay. is it a profile facing the entrance? Uh, it's actually the exit. But, you know, during Once Eagles games, right. during Eagles games, people go in the uh, entrance exit. and exit. So as you're you going know? in the exit, you exit. see profile of a dude's dong. Yes. Yeah. And that's you fine. You shouldn't have that. It's fine if you have the urinals all the way up to the end right. of the wall. Just have a partition there. Right, but well, that one I at agree. least. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. 
All right, uh, how about this one? Uh, if you're watching garbage Facebook videos in the break room and other people are trying to enjoy their hour of peace, wear some freaking headphones. And then it says, wear some headphones, Alana. So they mean somebody in particular <laughs> that they tweeted here. Uh, I agree. Anybody who uses their phone with audio on it and you see other people around and they are strangers... Don't do not do that. Don't do don't it. Don't wander through the store having a, a Captain Kirk conversation with the Enterprise. We went uh, through We went through a re- We went to a restaurant down on the shore not long ago. Nobody's there because it's off season. It was uh, my wife and I and, and two other people, and we're sitting there. And the people that work there, this woman, who's obviously like a manager or something, is sitting at another table with this video playing loud. No. And, and nobody else, I felt like saying, you... Okay. What you watching over it's there? It's your place. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what is that? What do you want? You know what? That's what I should have yeah. said. Yeah. What are you watching? Put on some porn. That's a good idea. I like porn. Yeah. Headphones are great, though. I mean, you're doing yourself a favor, yeah. and you're doing everybody else around you a favor. Just put them on. You can yep. you can enjoy it better, and also, you don't have to talk to anyone. Hey, that video sounds funny. Put on porn. <laughs> all right, here's another unspoken rule that we should all follow. Uh, this is a cute one. If a two-year-old speaks gibberish to you, you reply with either, oh, you think so, yeah, or yeah. thank you for telling me. <laughs> You just you respond yeah. back to yeah. them as if you I don't know what you're saying. Conversation. <laughs> I will do that all the time. I, I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, here's another one. Never propose at someone else's wedding. Oh. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. All of those things. Also, uh, I, I think when you see like a, a, an attendee who wears something far too provocative... Just that's the bride's day. Where where's yeah. something? Yes, understated. Understated. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, nice but understated. I remember right. I went to a wedding one time, and my my friend's sister wore something that looked like she was on the center pole, and I'm like, that just sucks. That you're everyone's looking at you now. It's the bride's day. Yep. Yep. All right. How about uh, this one? Now I didn't think of this. Uh, it says, if you work in childcare and you see a baby walk for the first time, you don't say anything to, to the, the parents. Mo- yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's a huge mom and dad moment. And yeah. she called me mama. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, she doesn't even know you're her mother. <laughs> what if you say something like, oh man, she's getting so close? Yeah, I think that's you okay. Know? To I dancing, because she's already walking. <laughs> <laughs> to dancing? You missed that, though. Yeah, she's totally so good part. walking now. She started dancing. I think that's okay, Casey, yeah. to to just kind of oh, say... she type? Keep an eye on them. Uh, this one I love. Okay, unspoken rules of things that, that we probably all do. When using tongs, you must always <laughs> click them together a couple of times. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you want to make sure that they're working and that yeah. they have that full grip capability. Yep, I do love that one. Uh, this one we know, don't ask if she's pregnant. Just don't. Mm. Don't do Ever. it. Are you Ever. fat? Ever. Yeah. Ever. That's better. She could be nine months pregnant. Don't yeah. ask me. Yeah. Sorry. I have to ask, are you, just, are you fat? No, I, th- listen, I think I have t- told you guys about this before. I worked with a woman for years and like about a year into working with her, I'm like, what is like when is she going to have this baby yeah. and I, I i asked somebody i go does she is this like a, a you know an issue is this is something that you know health wise or whatever and she goes you didn't ask her if she was pregnant did you i said no of course not i just but, grabbed her belly and said no oh. but it, but it was she had an, an extended stomach i mean mm. it was she was thin everywhere else and it was like a big round belly okay. it looked like she was pregnant we, uh, we worked we we and i watched it happen uh, were you guys in the room when it happened with uh, uh Marilyn? Marilyn? Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no, yeah. but I heard about she it. Yeah. asked yeah. somebody or... We had a receptionist who would just put on a little bit of weight. 
and 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 she felt Marilyn felt terrible about it. Of course she did. Uh, but just uh, was almost like uh, very <laughs> even, like oh, how wonderful was it was going to be that. Yeah, and it was like no. Oh. But by all means, if you have a friend who's a guy who's put on some weight, yeah, are you pregnant? Yeah, when are you doing? <laughs> Touch his belly. Yes. <laughs> by the way, that's another thing. There are people who take carte blanche with reaching out and yeah. touching a pregnant woman's belly. Yeah, don't do that. Do not do that. No, that's uh, that. Yeah, they don't appreciate it, and it's kind of creepy. To I do mean, that. not while the boobs are sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got two obvious targets. Yeah, yeah like just because there's a baby in there, it's, I know. it's like reaching out and touching someone else's. Oh stomach. my god. <laughs> All right, here's another one, Uh, another unwritten rule. For any space-holding people, meaning train, elevator, or classroom, let people exit before you try to enter. Uh, Yeah, I'm like yesterday, I didn't realize there was a guy, because we haven't had people in the building for quite a while, so Mm -hmm. it's seldom that you get into the elevator here and there's someone already in there. Mm -hmm. And so, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, Here's one that says, uh, don't... Initiate small talk with someone that has their headphones on. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, that's another great reason to wear headphones. Nobody, oh, yeah. no, nobody's going to bother you with small talk. Absolutely. It's funny because, uh, you know, I got my wife these nice uh, earbuds, right? The Jabba's? The Jabba's. Yeah, they rock. She doesn't wear them in public because... She likes to wear because they're too um, yeah. uh, hidden, yeah. and, and, and yeah. so she likes to wear the ones with the with the cords, so people clearly see that she's got the headphones, headphones on. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. People will do that with us when we're live broadcasting. They'll come up and we'll just see their mouth moving, moving. and we're like. Yeah. Sorry, dude, I can't hear you at all. You know what? I don't got headphones on. What I don't miss at all is when uh, Bolaris used to come in and tap you. Oh, dude, oh my, oh my God. God! And you had them on. John used to oh, come God. in. Our mics would be on air. We'd be in the middle of a break. He would walk up behind somebody like Kathy and flick yeah. the the earpiece on on oh. your on your headphones, and it is excruciatingly loud when you do that. Anything <laughs> that's really close to your ear, if you so touch obnoxious. it, it's so going to be loud. And yeah, we eventually had to say, "Dude, stop, stop. it." Stop. Um, how about this one? These are things that are unwritten rules, essentially. Um, small wave at the driver when they stop at the crosswork so they know that you know they saw you. Just kind of give them a little, you know. What I do is, is I will, um, I, I, there's a couple of other life lessons that I believe are attached to this sort of situation. If you're, if you're crossing, I speed up. I, 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 my, my gait increases yeah. because I'm trying to get across to allow them. They made the accommodation for me and I'm going to try to help them get on their way. I will nod to them or wave them for yeah. a thank you. Uh, and I think that's just part of the protocol, right? Or at least you can swing your arms like you're walking faster, but yeah. stay the same pace. Like go really fast, but, but, but just be tippy toeing. Yeah. Uh, here's another unwritten rule. You don't microwave fish in the break room. Uh. Oh, we don't used to do work it. again with someone don't. who do it all the time. And like she couldn't have been more. She's the sweetest woman, but it's dunk. Uh, how about this? When a child hands you a toy phone, you pretend to have a conversation. That's kind of like the Always. Talking about this stuff, is yeah. not plugged in and not real. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm do not you want me to stupid do? Game. It's just a piece of yeah. glass. Uh, I can. Uh, if you want me to live in your lie, I will. <laughs> Here we go. If you offer something, you offer twice only. If they say no, no both times, you don't push it. Wait, so yeah. uh, if you offer something to someone, yes. you offer twice only. Gotcha. If they say no both times, then you don't push it. Yeah. Stop don't. it. Yeah. Same thing with paying for yes. uh, food. Stop. If someone insists, I'm like, okay. Go ahead. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and go back and forth. Thank you. I appreciate that you don't have to do that, but thank you. And Are you sure? Can I leave the tip? And then that's it. Yeah, exactly. I'll leave the tip. How about no? Them? It's fine. And then, or whatever. And then yep. and then that's it. Once yes, twice. 
after a while, it's, if you get into one of those constant back and forths, it becomes so awkward. Yeah. I think there is an addendum to this rule. Uh, if you're offering gum, if you're holding so, a gun, if you're offering gum to somebody whose breast stinks, you can maybe uh, offer three more times. <laughs> three more times. Yeah. Okay. No, really. No, really. You want a piece because yeah, your breath this. stinks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Another one says, "Do oh yeah, here you go." Do not stand still in any choke point of an indoor or outdoor space. Doesn't have to be oh. a doorway or a hallway. Yes. I saw, we were we went to Longwood Gardens okay. over the weekend, and there were people that were that would stop and not taking pictures. If you're taking a picture, real quick, I get it. Got okay, it. boop, move along. Yeah. But somebody just standing there, and I'm like. Do you not see what you're doing here? Yeah, the airport is what gets me when people are going up and down and like yeah. they don't know how to navigate yeah. the airport. And if you're going to slow down or stop, move to the move side. To the right. yeah. uh, same would hold true for if you're in your car and you're pulling into it. Like yes. uh, I, I was pulling into I forget what parking lot it was, but the the person's in their car and they're clearly having a quick conversation before they're about to let someone out. Mm-hmm. Pull over to the side. Yeah. You don't do it in the middle of the uh, of the entrance. Yeah, but also like uh, places like the boardwalk or the mall. You have to treat those corridors like it's a highway, like it's a road, right? You only walk on the right side, right? So right. so people walking on the boardwalk... You assume like, that's understood, right? you know? You walk on the right side of the boardwalk, and you, even if the stores are on your left, and then if you see a store that you like, you then cut across. Right. You don't walk on the left side of the boardwalk. You that's just what don't I do. do it. Mm. It's what any sane person does. You know, it's uh, strange if you go to uh, countries like uh, England... England? They walk on the left side. They're so yeah. dumb over there. And, they're so idiots. No. and they will have you beheaded. But yeah. you have to, after a while, you have to go, oh. I'm in their stupid I'm country. the guy that's doing the stupid thing. By the way, going back to the, if you offer something to someone yeah. more than once, and this is concerning food, uh, this says this text says, not if you're Italian. If you're an Italian, you ask them about 20 times <laughs> before you take no for an answer, and then you only give them half of the meal. <laughs> Uh, how about this? Uh, don't put your phone on speaker in public places. Are we? Yeah, we talked about uh, despise um, it. Don't take pictures of kids that aren't yours. Yeah, yeah. that's creepy. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, do you remember when Mike Gordon almost? Uh, no, he got his ass handed to him. Uh, Mike Gordon's a bassist from Fish. He was backstage at like a Dead and Company show, right? And there was a girl there, and he just—he's uh, a photographer. He yeah, was yeah. Like, oh, and like the light, and so he starts take, taking photos. Yeah, artistically, not creepily, but. Somebody thought it was creepy, and they kicked the crap out of him. Really? Yeah, you don't remember hearing that story? Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. I do, was yeah. at their show, at one of their shows? No, no, it was at uh, Dead & Company show. Oh, Dead & Company, okay. Yeah. Um, here's another one. Let's see. When walking through a door and someone is behind you, hold the door open long enough so that person doesn't get hit by. That's a standard. Right? Uh, now, one of the things that constantly goes into this equation is if you're coming up and, and there's someone behind you, we'll have it happen occasionally in the, in the morning with the parking lot, I don't want to force someone into a uh, trot. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, to get to the door. I'd I try say to... five steps or less, and the door's getting closed. I think so. Or five steps or more, yeah. and the door's getting closed. Uh, because then you feel the the need to pick up your pace. Like what I'll do is in the morning when I if I think Kathy's left her house, I'll stand at the front door and hold it open <laughs> while she drives. I have a, another move that I'll do is I'll kind of like wait a couple of seconds, then I'll walk in, and then at the last second I'll sort of like. Kick the door open with my foot, with you know, kind of like a back kick. Do you stand there and go, "Come on already! <laughs> I'm holding the door for you." Uh, this is one, and we could turn this into a traffic conversation, but no need to do it because that happens all the time. But the zipper rule: when driving and two lanes become one, drivers merge from alternate lanes oh. one at a time, right, left, right, left, like a zipper. That's right. That's the courteous way to do things. 
No. Um, I no, think I thought not. you meant the other zipper rule is if you're driving long distances, you can whip it out. Yeah, you yeah. can <laughs> certainly. It's, not, no. it's more yeah. than three hours. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. play with. Um, <laughs> how about this one? If you notice something on someone that can be fixed within five minutes, tell them. And that would mean shirt stain, food and teeth, etc. Yeah. Or uh, you, yeah, there's horrible things happening with your face. Uh, yes. And <laughs> you, need to, you need to fix that. Yeah. Um, I get that all the time. And people say, were there any survivors? How about this one? If someone asks you to have a pad or a tampon and you have one, give it to her. Uh, you'd want someone to do the same for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, instead of saying, like, oh, no, I don't have it and not even checking. Right. Is it? No, no, yeah, give it to them. I'm one of those rare they guys who always has a bag of tampons just oh, in yeah. case a woman asks. Uh, you're I yeah. have a tampon in yeah. each of my golf bags. Do you? And I what do. is that for? Why? Uh, Casey knows. Uh, we were playing a uh, core golf outing. Uh, I don't remember if I don't remember if Charlie was playing with us or not, or if it was with a different group. But anyhow, uh, uh, we were at uh, one of the holes. I forgot what number. It might be number eleven. But um, they have a little bathroom there, and so Casey came back out, and he held on. He he grabbed his tampon. We didn't know it, and he held on to it till somebody. When when you hit a poor oh, drive and it doesn't go very far. Right. There's all kinds of jokes right. okay, that people throw at you. And so Casey, <laughs> I forgot who it was. They hit a bad drive, and he goes, hang on, you dropped something. They turn around, there's a tampon <laughs> laying on the ground. I went and grabbed two tampons immediately. I put them in both of my bags. I have them there for just such an occasion because it is a great prank to pull on somebody. Um, if, if These are unspoken rules that we should follow. Uh, don't wear white to another woman's wedding. Yeah. 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 Like a full I white a, dress. I have a hard time wearing, like, if it's like a black and white dress, like if there's just some white in it, like I have a hard time doing that. Okay. Yeah, again, this all speaks to not stealing the thunder from her day. Yep. Right? All right this one I agree with, and this one I, I adhere to. After sneeze number three, you don't get a bless you. No, no. no it's So you don't get two and, two and through. I get people... God bless you. God bless you. I'm just having a sneezing fit. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all. No, I agree, too, and yeah. that's it. Two, two God bless. That's enough. We, well, we, we don't it. even... We're in the office in the morning. That's what we say. All right, so... Uh, here you go. Here's another unwritten rule. If a teacher makes a mistake that benefits everyone, say they forget homework or leave answers off the border, etc., you don't point it out. Mm-mm. You leave it. Just... Yes, absolutely. Unless you want to be uh, beaten to death by the Mm -hmm. rest of the uh, students. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, here's another one. If you have two friends over who don't know each other, you don't leave them alone. The exception to this rule is if you're trying to set them up. Whatever you have to go to I'm bed. Gonna go, I'm going to go get some Oreos. Why don't you guys have sex? <laughs> Wait, I don't... Why? They can't have a conversation? Well, if they're... If, don't leave them for a prolonged time, I yeah. assume. You don't, don't go on vacation. And it's your place. It's your your subtle obligation to be a bit of a host. And or massage things along. That yeah, as well. Yes, exactly. And then you're the one who comes out and says, naked time now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's our threesome on? Uh, it's our thruple. All right. How about this? We know this one. There will always be a demilitarized urinal between two urinating men. Right. That yeah. goes Unless the, uh, overpopulation yeah. becomes a factor in which case participating piddlers will look either straight forward or directly down at their dingle-dongle, it says. So when I go into the bathroom and there's someone at the urinal, I will go into one of the stalls if it's available. I do just, not. Just to do a space. Yeah. I don't, but I, I, I do, uh, I will do a quick inspection on yeah. my own uh, uh, package while I am uh, using the restroom. I don't know if you if, guys if, do that or not. If both urinals are taken and everything's taken, will you go in the sink or will you wait? 
Oh, I yeah, at a sporting event. Sink. No, no, yeah. here at work. At work. No, no I would, I would use, I would not use the sink here. That is reserved for Tim Graham's house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you take your bag of vomit and get out of here? All right, here you go. Another unwritten rule: uh, the internet is forever, so be careful what you put on it, especially if your real name, face details are attached. People will find them, bring them up at the worst possible times. I had to tell a cousin of mine was posting pictures of, and this is a long time ago. Yeah. This is a good eight or ten years ago, maybe more. And she was posting pictures of her, like, doing bong hits and stuff. On, on And I'm like, hey. And how old was she at the time? She, she was a teenager. Yeah. Um, uh, or maybe 20. You know, old enough yeah. to where she wasn't going to get in trouble from her parents or something like that. But I'm like, look, trust me on this. Don't put that on. It'll live forever. It may it may yeah. come back to haunt you one day. It may not. Right. But err on this side and and be careful because you don't want that if, if getting in the way of getting a job or yes. something along those lines. So that's uh, sage advice. All right. If you're in a public toilet, uh, don't pee on the seat. Obviously. Oh my God. Unless that's what you're in there Dude, for. There's somebody on our floor that is uh, leaving poop on the seat. That's like just how is that possible? It is so. Well, they they must hover. hover? I hate or, that. Or, you know. I don't like that. Can can you just do a up. quick inspection when you're done? Yeah. You know. And if you, I, let me ask you. Do you think they're afraid? To to, uh, to to wipe down the toilet or something like that because of germs or something you know what I mean so in a bizarre uh, in a bizarre rationalization I, I don't know but it's happened a, a few times that in the is last couple of just weeks disgusting or are they yeah. just being a jerk on purpose why don't you then just go into your hand and drop it in manually right it's I mean it's extremely frustrating. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that happen around here, and listen, I, I'm a. And there's not that many people. Well, I'm a horrible person, right? And I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a crumb bum or, or whatever. And, and a like, bull. And a bull. Um, I just pretend to be a bull sometimes. But I, you know, listen, if you leave a mess somewhere that like somebody else has to either clean up or, or sit on, it's wrong. Or, or it's, it's wrong. wrong. I know we've all had that. situations where we've we've just been violently ill, and, and you you do what you got to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for the most part, God. So don't. Don't reconcile that mess to someone else. I took a picture of something. I showed it to you. Mm-hmm. I showed you. I shared it to all of us uh, in our text. Was that the fifth floor? Or? Yeah, upstairs. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't tell if it was vomit or poop. I think it was poop, man. I think somebody... I, I had a hard time determining, too. But number one, well, not only did they, they fill the toilet with, with you know, the, the really horrible... Uh, matter, but yeah. then they used like an entire roll of toilet paper and didn't flush it. How do you not think that's going to be someone else's problem? Or, or yeah, yeah, flush along the way, right? You know, yeah. like the song goes, "Flush along the way." I, I just didn't, uh, and and it was bizarre. I'm looking at this, I'm like, "What is this? It looked like oatmeal." <laughs> You know, but anyway, did you see the picture, Kathy? No, thank I'll you. Oh, no, 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 they're actually serving oatmeal upstairs. Yeah. I'm interested. I was like, oh, wait, somebody's making corn chowder in the uh, toilet there. <laughs> wait, was that here? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it, it happened in the women's bathroom, too. What? Yeah, I think it was just um, a just, plumbing issue because I walked into, and it was only one stall in the women's up. bathroom. Well, well, that, it, maybe the whole that whole line. The whole line. Maybe yeah. it had yeah. gone floor to floor. And it shot back up. Well, uh, I don't know think? if it was like shooting everywhere, but it was definitely an issue in the toilet. Yeah, Marissa was apologizing big time for that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of sitting on the toilet, uh, when you're in the bathroom he, up here on the fourth floor, yes. you can feel somebody in the women's room sit on the toilet, right? Like, yeah. It's like a seesaw. Yeah. yeah. I think they're connected. <laughs> Yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. hear you hear the thump, 
and then your butt, you go up and yeah, then yeah. back down. It's Who's really sitting? weird. It's, it's true. Yeah. Who's sitting in the women's bathroom? Uh, I, this is a good question. I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow, because of you shouldn't, your Although butt shouldn't do, touch that. They do have the sandy seats, so that's okay. Oh, those things. Those I, can't, I can't do When it. you go in and someone has left that, take your, your toilet condom off yeah. when you leave. <laughs> I don't know how Your it ass gets gasket. stuck there. It falls yeah. so easily. I don't know. I go upstairs. That's where I had to. That's I go off the roof. That is my domain. Hey, is anybody on the third floor anymore? Or no. Because that, uh, that bathroom That's a private was office. Nate, Nate, right. If you guys been using the executive bathroom, which are we just oh, like that? Yeah, I forgot about that one. It's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so the third floor, though, There was is... nobody there, and it was brand new. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the floor is private. Yeah, is it? The entire floor. You can't get. You can't go open the door. You the could. On the, I, what floor? Third floor. Third I was floor. getting there. I was doing it. I was going down there. But it's got a lock on it. You can't. Uh, you can't even. Now. You can't even get out of the stairwell. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, the elevator is the same. When yeah. you go, you 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 are presented with doors that you need a special right. key to get into. Mm-hmm. At, at a certain point, you you could, and it didn't because I, I, maybe they've changed that now. Maybe the uh, the what, did you wreck the bathroom and they had to revise their <laughs> security? No. no, but there was literally nobody on that floor. I know what. The, yeah, times are changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let me see. Just a couple more things. And some of these have already been hashed over. Like there's. Um, yeah, when walking in the store, treat the aisles like you would the road, stay to the right. I don't 100% believe that. Well, you guys do. I'll tell you one thing that drives me crazy that I always do. If I'm walking between somebody and their line of sight, if they're looking on a shelf, if they're all the way back, I will say, excuse, excuse me. me. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a common thing. By the way, if you go to, and we've said this before, if you go to like a uh, a theme park, um, and uh, when when presented in, in entering the park, you know, obviously you can usually go right or left. Right. Uh, go to the left. Yeah. Most people go to the right and ah. follow that that standard stay to the right path. Right. And if you're there early enough, if you go to the left, you can get on rides before other people do. Or it's less crowded. Than oh, okay. Yeah. So that's a little thing that I read about. Um, it says uh, don't drive slower in the left lane. Of the highway yes, we know that. Uh, uh, here's another one. Picking your nose is very satisfying. Yes, Just don't is. do it in public. <laughs> and then... Uh, well, what's considered public? Are we in public right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, yeah. You pick your nose all the time. Yeah, sure. There, there's a, there, I, I figured you might be looking for um, clarification on that one. I Like, we're family, guys. Yeah. I've been with you guys a long Besides, time. Besides, I didn't bring my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, and see what you make of this. this. is The last one on the list. It says, when you enter an elevator, you face the door. Yeah, like you don't. You don't face Casey the people. actually does that sometimes, or you have in face the, past. the wrong way. He'll yeah. just walk into the elevator and stay facing the person who's already standing in there. Mm. I didn't know if it meant while entering, like you know, walking back, back in. in. Yeah. 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 Excuse me, sorry. Excuse me. This is my ass, by the way. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a waiter or waitress that is walking past you uh, with like their their tray above yep. their shoulders, uh, tickle their armpits. Yeah, every yeah. single time. And Falcon Punch. Uh, so these are 50 rules of life that are unspoken yet. Everyone follows them. It's from a board panel, which is a great website if you ever look. Yes. Uh, like it says board. And with um, some good rules. Yeah, some good uh, stuff on there. All right. Um, let's take a break. Back in a moment. What's new? Why do you ask? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Billy Idol. Soraya. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. 
So our next guest is going to be a punchline, but not till Thursday. It's an 8 o'clock show. Uh, he's here on Monday to talk about it. We're we love it. To have him. Please welcome Paul Verzi yeah. to the show. Thank you for having me. Verzi rhymes with Jersey, that, but you're not That's how familiar. excited I am. I'm here days early. Yeah. Yeah. Days early. I came to Philly for the week. Nice. So I mentioned, yeah, Verzi rhymes with Jersey. You're not yeah. from Jersey, but that's a good way to, to I'm let not, me know. I'm not from Jersey at you're all. You're a New Yorker. Yes. Okay. Yes. Born and raised New York. The Yonkers Yonk- guy Nick yeah. confronted you on the, the Yankees hat. Yeah. Guys, can I have this? <laughs> no, I'm not even in the same league as you. We're American League. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew wearing this. I'm going, I just have the stress of tonight. I don't know why I care. Why do we care? You ever think about it? Oh, like, yeah. Because it'll change your night. It'll change yep. your, oh, yeah. your, you know, I was just in London with my family. I was in London with my family for the Giants um, Packers game. Okay. And I had a gig out there. And my wife was just rounding up the kids, organizing yeah. everything. She's looking at the scoreboard going like, Rogers has time. Like, when would she ever say that? Yeah. Rogers, does he? Does Rogers have too much time? I'm like, that's coming from you. But you care. You get invested in it. Yeah. And, and you reason. hate yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, you hate yourself for getting so... I'll admit, I'm a postseason guy. I, it's just, that's when it's... No, but I kind of love that because a lot of people are and don't admit that. Yeah. A lot of people act, they put the gear on yes. when, it, when, they, when it counts. Yes. And they act like they've been there all year. You're just saying the truth. It, it's kind of, listen, if you're really that invested all year, let's be honest, it's a little bit of a mental illness. It's a mental, it's, it's, you're, either, you're either an alcoholic, listen, you're either an alcoholic or you're mentally ill, and then when you combine the two, mm-hmm. you paint your face and you're screaming at a television. There's something wrong. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with it. Are you talking about all sports or just baseball? No. Baseball sports. is a long, it's long. Football's there's only 17 games in the regular season. I'm talking about the people that like break down and cry. <laughs> I'm talking about the people that scream. Have you seen YouTube videos oh, of people yeah. cracking their 70 inch television with their foot in front of their children? Right. And the kids are, that's a sickness. I have to call right. you on, right. Baldo. I was yeah. watching a very funny, uh, you were talking about your very good friends of Bill Burr, and uh, he's, uh, he's um, uh, you know, uh, has helped promote you, and, and you opened for him. And, and uh, it was you were laying a story about you and he getting into a fight on the phone. Oh yeah, uh, tell that story. Oh yeah. So so I used to open. I used to open for Bill Burr uh, years ago. But we're dear friends. Bill is my son's godfather. He's you know was a mentor, a friend for a long time. And we, I was performing at State College. This is right around the Joe Paterno. You know, oh, right. Rest yeah. of soul. I'm, I'm going into this hotel and I'm on the phone with Bill and we're arguing. <laughs> we're arguing. Um, Tom Brady versus Montana, right? <laughs> and I get into the hotel room. It was 100% dry. I get into the hotel room, and I look around, and there's, like, shaggy carpet, yeah. and it's beat up in the furniture. And not that I'm a prima donna, but I've, I've, I'm going... Uh, so I'm on the phone, and I go, wait, Bill, hold on a second. I go, this hotel, this looks like, you know, 1980. So Bill goes, you know what? First, you've been doing this a long time. Go get another... You don't... You don't you're not... You shouldn't stay there. I'm going, you know what? I'm not staying here. I'm, I'm, you know, not, not that I'm some big... But I'm not going to stay here. So we go back to the argument as I sit on the bed. Three hours went by, and I couldn't check into the other hotel because that's how long. That's how long we stayed fighting. That by the time the fight was over, I couldn't go to like a Hampton Inn. I couldn't get across the street because we were fighting. And the ironic part was he was arguing for Montana, and I was arguing for his guy. I thought for sure it would have been the other way around. No, I'm arguing for his, and he's and we start screaming. I mean, it got it gets crazy. You don't know anything. These personal insults. It gets really crazy. You know. 
And then all of a sudden, I had to stay in that. I had to stay <laughs> in the shaggy carpet shag 1988 carpet. hotel room because I had an argument with my stupid friend about sports. That's, that's what happened. That's a commitment. Yeah. Well, here's what I don't quite understand because I, I, I am the guy. I'm not the face painting guy, but I, I'll pay attention to the fills in April and May, right? I, and I watch the Flyers in October, November. Yeah. Uh, what? And, and we were talking about Preston being the postseason fan. I don't get the resentment of the diehards versus the bandwagon guys because if you're a bandwagon fan. Come on board. I want more and more fans there. But Friday I, at the ballpark, having 45,000 people there, including, I don't know, 20,000 bandwagon fans, it made a more fun experience. May so, I jump in here quickly? Because I wanted to bring this up because you bring a, a good point. So, uh, Paul, being from New York, and I've yeah. talked about, you talked about being, uh, I I find the, um, the, the fan base in Philly very pure. Very pure. And I'll tell you why. C- coming yeah. from New York, and I know you know this, there's just such a glut of teams, and you'd see it all the time. <laughs> Mets not playing. Oh, I'm a Yankees fan now. Yeah, yeah. You know, Giants not. I'm a Jets. Jets. Uh, you know, and, and you have it all over, all up and down, all to select from. And the the bandwagon jumping there for some reason, I always found much more annoying. Like, right? You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, no. I know what you mean, but I will say this about Philly. You know, Philly fan. You guys are very passionate people here. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and I remember my friends from Philly said something so funny and, and he made me he had such a good point. It made me realize, you know what? Maybe they're not this this rabid and crazy. Maybe they have they they ha- they're onto something cuz I go, "You guys threw you guys threw snowballs yeah. at Santa." And he goes, he goes, well, he said some words I won't say here. But he goes, the guy was drunk. He goes, the guy was drunk. He yeah. deserved it. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, Santa can't be drunk. Like this. You can't take the innocence. Yeah. You know what? He deserved to get pelted. But I'll tell you something. I I um I was performing at the I was f- back in the day when I was perf- uh, opening for Burr I performed at Wells Fargo where the 76ers play, and this is when I really really fell in love with the people here, and it is truly one of my one of my uh, historic cities, but but favorite cities. I'm telling a story about St. Peter at the Pearly Gates. It was right. on my first special, and it's a really long drawn out act out, and I'm like doing this yeah. in a basketball arena, right. and there's a lot of time where it's silent, and I'm acting. As St. Peter, and halfway through, Mm -hmm. the crowd just erupted and clapped because they were that much into what I was doing Uh, before I even got there. Wow! And I fell in, and I said, "Wow, Wow. man!" Like they stayed with you. They stay with me because they were they were they were appreciating the act out where I was going. And then when I finished out the joke, and it ended up being a joke that I put in my first special, my my new special now, which is on. Netflix is called Nocturnal Admissions. Came out a couple months ago. That no, Nocturnal Admissions. Yeah, admissions. Admissions. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. Yeah, sure. AD. Yes. Yeah, sure. I saw all the faces in here just freak out. Everybody's like, "Don't do this on a Monday." Everyone's head went down to their phone just now. No, um, Nocturnal Admissions. It came out this summer, but my first one um, was on Comedy Central in 2018, and I did that joke. But I always remembered the Philly fans for that. And every time I come to the punchline, there's just diehard fans. I really, the passion here is is cool, man. I. You know what? It's great. And we found it out years ago you you asked how long we've been on the air here and and the one thing you the, here's how you can succeed here never act as if you're entitled to anything you yeah. gotta earn it yeah don't act like you're you know I, i'm from um new york president from st louis you don't come here and and act like oh oh i'm a i'm a i'm a philadelphia no, no you've got to earn put in your yeah. time do the, <laughs> and if you mm-hmm. do that yeah then you will have loyalty like you can't even imagine yeah. But the second you try to fake it, you're dead. You can't. It's a city that you can't fake it in, and that's what I love. I, but the people here are tough. I had a friend who moved from here to New York in high school, and yeah. I, and, and I, I moved a lot. 
So I remember seeing him. This is a true story. I remember seeing him, tough kid. And I remember seeing him kind of in the hallways, and he's kind of down. He's a Philly guy. Now he's in New York High School. And so I was, we bonded over that. I moved a lot. He moved. Right. We become good friends. But he was a tough kid. This kid was a tough kid. He would call you out. He would fight you, right? Right. So he goes, hey, man, I'm going back to Philadelphia for the weekend to see some of my old friends. Why don't you come? We'll have some drinks. We'll have a good time, right? But I didn't realize how tough these kids were. So I go, yeah, it'll be great. I'm thinking it's a vacation, right? <laughs> oh, no. So we come here, and we meet his friends. And we, you know, we're drinking beers. Oh, go get another six pack. Oh, we're gonna walk to the park. So we're walking, in the, and I'm in the park, and I'm hanging out with his friends, and I'm drinking. This is great. And another crew of guys come over, right? <laughs> so I'm just sitting there, and they're talking. Both crews are talking, and my buddy just <laughs> walks up. There. I swear to God, my buddy just walks up. He goes, "Hey, man, you having a good time and everything?" Yeah, I go. He goes, "Listen, man, we we don't really know those guys. So like, if a fight breaks out, you down to fight with us?" <laughs> And I was like, no. <laughs> no, no I, I'm absolutely not fighting. What are you talking about? I have, I'm on my third beer and I'm enjoying myself. I didn't know I was, this is the Jets and the Sharks all of a sudden. And I'm in a rumble in a park. But, they, but just like that, he, they were re- like they were having yeah. a good time. And another crew came and it was like, you know what? We're going to protect our spot and our friend from New York's here to do it with us. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I hope it didn't break out into a fight. No, it didn't. Okay. I think that we ended up like cheers and with them, right. but, so but that's they the just start thing. walking over, and I'm like... I remember walking into a bar in South Philly. Uh, I don't know why I was there, but I was with uh, I was with some friends, and then we were... were we, so we walk into this bar, and uh, I had no business being in there. I mean, like, we walked in, uh, everybody, like, you know, everybody's heads turned to us, and I was like, man, what's going to happen here, you know? And I was there for, I don't even know, 10, 15 minutes, dude walks over to us. He goes, yeah, we got some pizza. If you want some pizza over there, you can go grab a slice of pizza. Uh, you know, so just yeah. as tough as we are, you know, yes, super nice and accommodating as well. You I, know? Lo- I love <laughs> becoming friends with the enemy. Like mm-hmm. if I see somebody, because my enemy is pretty much the Cowboys or the Red Sox. That's that's <laughs> right. for me. Oh, yeah, for me, the worst too. fans, the worst fans on the on planet Earth. For me, and I've been to a lot of sporting events. For me, and the disrespect is definitely the Cowboy fans. In in your, the opposing stadium, but but I like when you meet somebody that is that, and all of a sudden you could have a beer and talk, and it's nice. I was just um, I went to like I said I was in London, right? And I took the family, and it was amazing. My son and daughter are there. We go to the Giants. It's amazing. But my son during the day, my wife takes my daughter to tea and to see Mamma Mia because <laughs> because I took my son to Chelsea Premier League. Oh, because oh, nice. my oh, son wow. is getting into getting okay. into well, they, you got to call it football, football match. Yeah, yeah. If you say soccer game. They <laughs> They freak out. But I'm sitting there, and I didn't realize there's two different color sections, and I'm next to this woman, and she just had that accent. She reminded me of, like, you ever see, you see Harry Potter? Yeah, like yeah. Ron Weasley's mom? She was yeah, like, yeah. in America? She goes, you sit together? Right? And I go, yeah. Wait. She goes, no. The oppose- So the opposing fans... In the Premier League in England, have their own entrance. They cannot sit. Oh my God! So she goes, "You sit together." She goes, "That's mad. You sit together, we'd be killed." <laughs> there's a whole section yeah. where there's a guy going, "Oh, opposing teams here, opposing yeah. teams here," because of there's been stabbings yeah. and oh, yeah. it gets when you're in the English Premier League, it gets so crazy well, look, that you can't be next to each other. I mean, where that's actually it? kind of smart. We should do that. We should. Well, it also, but it also does. It also, yeah, I, I get that. But it also does say, oh, you're you're almost by acknowledging it, you're almost saying, this is bound to happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you're you're sort of cultivating along. But 
think about it. There are a lot of things that happen. I would feel more comfortable <coughs> if everyone was separated. Yeah. Well, uh, soccer, uh, football is a yeah. whole other. What, what was where is it just happened? We're 125 teams. Oh, some of the worst worlds in the history yeah. of sports yeah. have just, happened just in those stadiums. Stampeded. Mm-hmm. So where was uh, where was the football game? What, what was it in Tottenham? Oh, it was Josie at Tottenham. Okay, because we went to the Eagles game in Wembley, which yeah. was really cool. It and was I, freaking awesome. Uh, but I, I I just thought it was so cool that like they're just football fans there, right? So you know we're talking about the English. They're, I mean, and you saw it there at Tottenham. Like people were just wearing like Jaguars yeah, jerseys, yeah. and you know, like yes. they're, and like they're not playing here today. No, they're just so they happy just the NFL's football. there. You see all kinds of jerseys, and they're just so like nice and happy. I'll tell you, it's, it's, they're doing another one. It's getting it's getting really big in London. It's huge. I was just reading an article I think it was in the Wall Street Journal about about how it's exponentially increasing. And I mean, even even their prognosticators who are figuring, okay, here's what it's going to be at. They were wrong by factors that it's just taken yeah. off. Like crazy. Uh, but, yeah, it's wild. But they don't let that accent and that <laughs> make, them make you think that they're proper. Because when those people drink, they are animals. Oh, yeah. It's it's a proper, mm-hmm. and then they turn into just an right, animal. Right. But they also have, like, great songs. Like Because I, I, I saw it after the game last week. They were singing some song about Aaron Rodgers and and uh, and the Packers. Did you hear that? Did you see? No, I no. I just, we need to sing songs like that. They, no, it's all singing. Yeah, it's chants. It's like a whole thing where yeah. we're and we're not used to that. No, there, there's a little bit of a professional wrestling, uh, you know, in that in the fan I- investment in it. You know, the way that everyone's just that that much that energetic. Are you a Ted Lasso fan by any chance? Do you watch I, it? No, you know what? I yeah. haven't. I, I got to catch up on that. Everybody's telling me to yeah, watch yeah. it. You know, with my schedule and everything, I always pick and choose. So I did the. I did the Ozark, <laughs> then I did the, the Stranger Things, right, and, yes. and now I got to get over to. Uh, well, you made some good choices. Yeah, it's it's quick too. They're like half hour episodes. I uh, wanted to ask you uh, your especially which you mentioned nocturnal admissions. Yeah, directed by Pete Davidson. Yes, my dear a, friend, good friend of yours, dear friend, Staten Island. You're you know so you, you guys same proximity. Um, what is it that we don't? Because uh, we've we like him, but he's been in the news so much. One of the most. One of the most misunderstood, one of the most down to earth, best dudes in this business. One of the best people I've met. I really, mean, this is how I, I I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll tell it to to this market because I want everybody to know this. So I was Pete when Pete was around sixteen, seventeen. I guess I became one of his favorite comics to watch. He was watching. He was going around the city. He was coming right. up. And when after I did my first special, he wanted to direct this one, and I was like, you know, absolutely. He's just such a such a great dude. So this is who this guy is. Saturday night. I'm home. I'm not working. And it's rare for a comic to not be working. So right. I was like, all right, I'm going to light myself a cigar. I'm going to go hang out downstairs and just relax. But as I'm smoking a cigar at night, I'm scrolling through my phone. Who could I call? Who could I call? I go, oh, I'll call Pete. See what he's up to. I haven't, you know, I got to return his call. I call him and he answers the phone and I, he, he answered like this. He goes, hello? <laughs> and with that work voice. And all of a sudden I look at the phone and I realize it's like 1147. <laughs> He's on Saturday Night Live, okay? He's on Saturday Night Live. The show is taping as he answers. Hello? And I look like an idiot. I go, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't even real. I didn't even put it together. I go, why are you answering if you're at work? And he just goes, oh, no, I just want to make sure you're okay, man. Is everything all right? Uh, That's who that guy is. That's pretty cool. That's who that guy is. And, you know, people like, you know, the guy, you know, women want to date him. And, and, and he's a great kid. And when you when you meet him, you know why. And then, but he's just, you know, he's he's out there. And he's, uh, you know, he gets he gets in the paper. And people, but he's the best. All the best. freaking time. I think where Steve was going was, though, the A-list women. Yeah. He has uh, 
Oh, that was your way of... Well, well, well I, I would have gotten to it. Be, yeah. I don't see it. How but also that. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you, that's one thing. Like, I just kind of, you know, I just... I just get on the phone with them, and I really kind of don't. I'll just be like, hey, God bless. How's that? You know, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't have to betray your friendship, but have you been in his company when he was in the company of one of these? Uh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, there was, there, I, you know, I, but it's one of those things where it's never like you're just sitting there, and if people come in, hey, how you doing? And it's like that. I, I kind of, you know, because then there are some people that, like, you were talking about loyalty before. Yeah, there's yeah. some people that betray that, yeah. and there's some people that, you know, knew uh, a, a guy like that and, and we're hanging out with uh, him in the clubs and, and going to gigs together and driving to gigs and doing that and there was a rapport and then all of a sudden when that breaks off those people go on and they go on podcasts and they do things and they forget that and, and, and that's something that I, I just you know I find gross yeah, you yeah. know because you gotta remember yeah. that, that camaraderie because he never did that to anybody no. so that's the other thing too it's like th- that person you know Pete never went on and did anything to anybody you know, but since things have happened and, and, and since Saturday Night Live has done things, you know, people do that. So. Yeah, it's true. By the way, Paul Verzi is who is in our studio right now at Punchline on Thursday. You can get tickets. I'm bringing punch. a new hour, too. All new nice. material from the special so you can watch the special on Netflix and then come out and, and you, you won't get any of the same. Do your time. homework, yeah. yeah. Uh, PunchlinePhilly.com to get the tickets for Thursday. But I do want to ask about directing. Uh, how does one, like Pete Davidson or anybody, how do yeah. they direct your special. It's funny you said that because when people were saying, because like Bo Burnham was directing Chris Rocks and this one was directing that, what it is is like, I'm the type of comic where um, yeah, I'll have some fast jokes, but I'm also a storyteller and I'll tell a situation. So with my act outs and how sometimes I could be animated, they'll say the lighting this way or the camera here. Like there's a story there's a story in Nocturnal Admissions about me playing one-on-one basketball. My son was the first time my son ever challenged me. Right. Really challenged me, like mm-hmm. chested up like <laughs> father to son. Right. And I tell that whole story. And the way the camera works on it, you can see. Okay. So they, they kind of like sit down and they collaborate. Like, let's do this. When, when Paul does this with his hands, he moves a lot. So let's do this. What about this lighting? Obviously, they'll talk to me about that. But that's a great question because when they first were like, hey, who do you want to direct your special? I'm like, direct yeah. this. Like, are, it's this, like a Zoom call. Don't you, you put on a camera? <laughs> and I tell jokes, but there is actually an art to, to do yeah. it. So it, would your delivery be different? Like you're telling the Wells Fargo uh, Center story with the opening for Bill. Um, would it be different for you in a bigger room versus a, a club like Punchline? Or do, does your approach, the way that you tell a story, the way that the camera follows you, does that change in a, no, a big for, room versus a smaller room? For me, no. And I've always I've always worked with it, you know, and I've learned it doesn't matter if there's seven in there or 7,000. You mm-hmm. give them, you know, you give them the same show. When I got that St. Peter's joke, I was home, I was off, and somebody said, hey, do you want to come and do my friend's bar show? He's a fan. Yeah. And my wife is like, just go. We're going to bed. And I go down to New York City. There's four audience members there <laughs> and ten comedians against the wall waiting to just do time and i was just up there and in my head i'm going let's make this trip worth it what did you put in your phone recently what did you put in your phone and all of a sudden i go oh man that's st peter premise let me do that and it it was born there in front of four people and then i did it at the wells fargo and it it was in my special so and but you don't change how you do it Mm -hmm. once you when you commit to it yeah you know you you just gotta you just gotta do it the same way regardless of the amount of people you, yeah, you know, talking about your style, the the, the, the storytelling, which is, um, um, you know, there there are a handful that do that and do it well. And who who was your inspiration? Because Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, mm. uh, was that not the, the first special you ever saw? Eddie Murphy cha- is everything. To, like honestly, right. like it's Eddie Murphy. My my dad took me to see Raw. It, it 
at Movie Land in Yonkers on Central <laughs> Avenue. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a Fud Ruckers there. You remember that? Oh, <laughs> man, great Great brownie. There was a fun rucker. Great brownie. And, uh, they did. They had their bakery section. Go they ahead. had a bakery yeah, section. Yeah. That's why the buns always, that's why it had that smell when you walked in there. But they had a movie land there. And my my mother and, and grandmother like, you can't take you can't take a nine, ten-year-old to go see Eddie Murphy Raw. Yeah. And my dad was like, cause my, but my dad did it selfishly. He wanted to see it. Because right, yeah. so, they were divorced. Yeah, yeah. So he was, my father like was disgusted when he took us to Roger Rabbit. So he brought us into Goodfellas. He didn't care. He didn't care what ages we were. Like when my dad wanted to see a movie, that's the movie that's we were going to see. My dad, my dad, we, we, we were kids. We saw Deliverance when no one would. I, I, I mean, my dad wanted to see it. We go see it. Yeah. And yeah. we were like the pariah in our neighborhood. Because yeah. like, How could you take your kids to see that? But when I saw Raw, when I saw Eddie up there just stalking a stage and he had that, you know, the, the limousine pulled up and it said Raw and he had that leather thing and he was like a rock star. I remember just being like. That that's it. Like that really like did something. So now, but I don't. You know, I wouldn't say like if you watch my special, you'll be like, oh, it's a lot of stories, but there's yeah. also not. What I yeah. try to do is I want to be able to like do everything, right? But the, I I love telling us because when the story's real and it's true and I've and it's in my heart to tell it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to bring you there. What extent do you have to go to? We've talked to obviously we have comedians in all the time. It used to be a lot easier to work on material without it leaking or getting out or yeah. to to what extreme. Do you have to go to to get sh- that stuff done well, a lot of and club- let it fail if it's going to fail? A lot of the clubs in New York City will put the phone in a bag, which I prefer. Mm. Oh, really? You know, um, we also have people at the door if any time. Like, it's happening a lot now where, especially since the Netflix special, when I go on stage, I see, I'll see i see people sneak. Yeah. And I'll stop the show. And I'll just, you know, even somebody in London was doing it. I said, hey, I appreciate. And they're fans. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I appreciate it, but this is my next. I can't have, mm-hmm. you know. Because, right. And I don't know. You know, I don't know if I'm going to. And, and listen, let's be honest. There's people out there that, that could hurt you. You know, if I say something, right. you know, and I'm the type of comic, I'll say I'll say something that is looked at as you shouldn't say. Because if I'm working something out, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to be right. afraid. Because I know, you know, if this, I know who I, I know what my heart is. I know who I am. I know what I mean. And if I say something that somebody finds offensive, that's really on them. That, and right. I really believe it. Like right. That. You if know, they I, come I'm, to see you, if you come, yeah. Like yeah. I'm, of course, I'm not going to go out of my way. Yeah. yeah. To, but if I say something and I feel it, yeah. I'm not doing it maliciously, and you need to know that. But yeah. if you tape that, yeah. I can't have other people, you know, looking at it. Because out of context. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes complete complete sense. And I love how how memorized and choreographed your your acts can be. But also, you're learning on the fly as well. And you, and you talk about Bill Burr. I just saw him here in Philly a couple of weeks ago, three like a month ago. Uh-huh. And it was great because he, clearly he's working on something and there is a special <laughs> that's coming out. And he has this joke that he's working on. And then he um, he threw out this, this word that he clearly hadn't used before. He cracked himself up on the stage. Stop for a second. He goes, I have to remember that for tomorrow night, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it was just something that cracked him up and it made the, the joke that much better. But, you know, clearly, you know, even though he's talking to 20,000 people in a crowd or or whatever, he's still, you know, working on stuff. Yeah. And and we put our phones in a bag, which yeah. I you know, I'd never done that before. Like one of those. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got like a lock on it and everything. Like yeah. when you go to a, a movie screening where they have the uh, the uh, uh, embargo. Yeah. And they won't let you bring yeah, anything in. Yeah. Casey just said something that I've, I've always been curious. I never really thought about to ask a comedian. He was, he was talking about Bill cracking himself up. Do you have to crack yourself up? You know uh, what I mean? Dude, for, like, like I mean, uh, for, for your joke to hit, 
Is it got to be really funny to you? You know what I mean? That's kind of a weird question to ask. No, because... Because, like, I know what you mean. Like, there are certain times when I'm really having fun, and I do a lot of what he was talking about, yeah. too, which is, a, which is a really smart observation, is it's called writing on stage. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. Like, I'll literally get off stage and realize I just have three new minutes just because of a riff, you know, but... Is that different than crowd work? I mean, or is it, does it come from that It, it could come from that. Okay. It could come from that. Like, right. I was in London, and there was a woman to the right of me. And she goes, I used to make you sandwiches, right? Yeah. All right. And I'm going. And I'm going. I love that already. I'm going. And, and the first thing I'm thinking of is, you better not have some kid here that's mine. You know, and so, hello, daddy. <laughs> Mommy told us about the sandwiches, right? <laughs> I want to meet my stepbrother. Like, I'm sister. So I did that. I did that, yeah. and then, but it turned into a like a fifteen minute. Then I would call it back. Then I go, and then it got to a point where I was literally stomping, crying, laughing myself. Okay. Yeah. But it was so genuine and real. Yeah. But what you're asking too is, are there times where I'll go into a bit? No, like I mean, I don't have to laugh at it. I can okay. just be. I can be like, oh, I, I think this is yeah, this something is here, or this is something that I think maybe may click with them. Mm-hmm. But and but then you get from that moment with the woman saying she made me sandwiches, and what it was was she went to high school with me. She worked in the in the food court in the mm-hmm. mall and. And she worked in a sandwich place, and I went there years ago, and she made me a sandwich, and she told me the name, and all that. But because of that... <laughs> it's a weird now, lead. Now, it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. And, and, oh. to, and to be on stage and have... Yeah, to hear that. And, yeah. In I, London. I was, I was on stage. I was on stage in Chicago, and a woman said, I used to be engaged to your father, and she did. She was. I said, so my father's past came to haunt me? I'm Chicago. Wow. But but that that can... that Those things can happen, and when they do, I've, I've learned... I've been in this enough now. Because when you're younger, you can't. Yeah. When you're younger at it, you don't realize that you can, you know, what you can do with it. Right. Now mm-hmm. I have the experience to where I'm, I'm able to see that. And then sometimes it could actually turn into a universal joke that could make the next hour. Right. Or, or it just lives for that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's in that. It's that or, you know, it's just that organic, amazing thing that happened. And you just leave it at that. And that's, all, and, and that's okay, you too. You build up that sense. Years yeah. ago, so I did stand up for a while. And, and um, one of the things that a lot of people don't get is that a lot of times you're talking about, you know it's funny. You don't have to laugh at it, but that's why a lot of times if you're hanging out with comedians, um, oh, they'll just, that's funny. They won't laugh. Yeah, you're no, not no, going to yeah. get a laugh. That's <laughs> no. funny. I've, and that you'll get that assessment, you know? I've had a comedian in the crowd just staring at me like they wanted to fight me. <laughs> And then afterwards, they were like, dude, can I buy you a drink? That was yeah. the most hilarious thing. <laughs> because what they were doing is they're looking at it the yeah. way like a football coach looks at film. Yeah, sure. They're looking at it like that, you yeah. know? Like, and, and another thing I learned is family members, and this, this pisses me yeah, off. Yeah. Family members will never give up to you because of how much they know you. So the people that love you the most, right. mm-hmm. they may say, like, sometimes I'll, like, my, you know, one of my brothers will always laugh, like, but they'll just, they're watching, and they're kind of, <laughs> and I'll be like, I just killed it. I just got a standing of it. Oh, no, that was really that was good. Really good. Yeah. Are, you st- are you still doing that comedy thing? <laughs> right? <laughs> are you still doing that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my, my mom, my mom's like, you know, she's, yeah. she's the best, but she's, you know, she's definitely like, you know, religious Christian. Yeah. She goes, you know, Paul, we saw your Netflix special, Nocturnal Admissions, and it was just really, really good, but 
can you just stop cursing for me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I love her so much yeah, that yeah. I'm just like, ah, you know, uh, probably not. <laughs> no, I'll try to tone it down, and I love you, but, like, come on, Mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, My bread and butter. All right, well, listen, Paul is going to be, like I said earlier, at uh, Punchline on Thursday nights when the show is. Is this the one show? Just doing one show okay. this Thursday uh, at the Punchline. Come out. It's one of my favorite things. And like I said, I'm bringing a new hour. So one of my That's favorite great. cities. You got a lot. Of, you have a lot of fans here. A lot of people are texting in about how much they love you and they love watching your, uh, you know, uh, your, your podcast or, or you know interacting with Bill. You guys do some stuff together. Well, we, we, I have two podcasts. One, the Verzi Effect, and one is kind of more leaning towards sports that I, that I co-host with Bill Burr. But I also appreciate, you know, sometimes you come into the radio to be honest, and it's just like a, you know, <laughs> you know, it's you know those. Things. I know. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. It's like, get him in. Get him. Hey, yeah, great. He's gonna be over at Yuckies. <laughs> have a great time with him. Go see him. Tell you know Fred at the bar. You guys were like, you know, this was really nice, and I, oh. and I appreciate it on a, on a Monday. Excellent. Yeah. And so, so do yeah. we. Thank you, man. All right. It's a good Thank hang. you for having appreciate me. It. Paul Bersey, yeah. guys. Get tickets at punchlinekelly.com for that show on Thursday. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. It's fancy. No, it's, it's not fancy. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I saw an interesting article that I thought might be worth talking about. Um, and it was, uh, I think I got this on BuzzFeed, and it's a, people are sharing the foods that taste better burnt. Mm-hmm. Okay, with a little burn on them. There's little, a little, number of them for me. little yeah. char. Which ones would you guys throw out there? No, Casey, you had said that you love burned food. I do. I, I prefer, I think, a charred flavor over anything else. Uh, if I'm having a chicken cutlet, I prefer you leave mine in just a little bit longer. Oh. Yeah, Chicken cutlet, like a breaded chicken cutlet? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, for me, burnt tends to go more into the, like, a mac and cheese where the edges are burnt. There you go. Uh, lasagna mm-hmm. where the edges are burnt. Those those are two good ones on this yeah. list. Yes, absolutely. Pizza can so be burnt. If yep. you get if you get some mac and cheese that has like a, a layer of cheese over the yep. top of it, not just mixed in with the pasta, but and and you get some some brown or blackened spots. Absolutely, mm, yummy. Mm. I do I do agree with you on that. Uh, what I don't think needs to be burnt is any kind of meat or ice cream. Yeah, um, yeah, ice yeah. cream definitely. Don't me, I don't. I hate burnt, and, and then some people love it just just incinerated. Like yeah. it, uh, not to, you lose to me. Like in in those other cases, like mac and cheese, to me that's an actual taste that I think is is a unique accentuating taste. Yeah. I think uh, what happens when you burn meat. It robs it of its taste. Although it does have a different flavor to it. Yeah. My dad, whenever we go to a carving station, you know, if they'd have like a big roast beef or something like that, uh-huh. he'd always ask for that. Give me that that burnt end right there. My, well, that's a my, thing. My burnt dad ends. would come in from the barbecue after he'd had a few pops. Yeah. And he'd come in. <laughs> meat would be literally on fire as he was bringing it in. He loved it incinerated. It doesn't necessarily rob it of its flavor. It just adds a new flavor to it and a new texture as well. All but, right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had um, just this amazing thing that happened to me where I, I, I cooked a, uh, a bag of microwave popcorn. And as it turns out... 
Only one kernel went unpopped in the entire thing. Now, that doesn't happen if you don't have a few burnt pieces of popcorn, mm. and I like burnt popcorn. Okay, I'll go with you. Now, well, I don't like Not burnt. Not all. No. I don't like burnt no. popcorn. I like the... I like the half popped kernels. That too. They're Those fun to play best. with. That but too. you like burned popcorn? Yeah. So Ew. yeah, I know, uh, but not like all of it burned. I it's almost uh, like if one third of okay. the bag was burned, I'd so be okay with that. Will, will you take a whole fistful of completely burned popcorn, or just some regular uh, uh, pieces need to be in with the burned cup popcorn? I usually I, I eat popcorn one at a time. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't do fistfuls of popcorn. One little thing at a time. It's a yeah. great Clint Eastwood film, a fistful of popcorn. <laughs> fistful of popcorn. I got two burnt uh, meats that are um, I'm all right with. I don't I don't order them this way, but I know a lot of people do, uh, including my girlfriend. Uh, burnt like crispy bacon. Like, oh over, yeah, oh like crispy yeah. bacon overcooked, but like. That's a good one. She takes it to another level. She likes it burned like She likes black. it burned, yeah. So, like, if it comes in and there's any little rubbery parts or whatever, she sends it back. And then another one that um, I'm all right with, I don't, I, again, I won't order it this way, but, like, uh, burnt hot dog over a campfire. If uh, yes. You know, charred. Yeah. Yeah. Charred hot charred. dog. Yep. Uh, I, I yep. prefer not that way, but uh, if it comes out that way, I'll be all right with it. So, that's got a burned exterior. So, a hot dog's already cooked. It's right. already, it's, it's not... You don't need to cook it through. So you can get a char on the outside, and the, the middle will be, you know, not rare, yes. but it's, it's not, you haven't baked all the flavor out of it. So I'm with you on that. All right. As you guys are talking, I can't really think of anything that I would prefer burnt or a little burnt, um, but isn't it, isn't there something, doesn't it release something that's not good for you? Yeah, yes. Something? There has been studies that, that say Carcinogens. That, that, yeah, yeah. That, it, that it creates things that are not necessarily good for your body. Um, and that I think that's why I, I think like, meat more specifically, okay. if I recall correctly. My tumors are always rare. rare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So here are some some of the respondents, and feel free to call in if you want to add something to to this list. Two one five two six three WMMR. Roasted or grilled ears of corn. I know a lot of people like corn well done. Is or, that would it be you on the grill? Yeah, uh, yeah. And if it gets a little bit of black on there, uh, I think that's uh, yummy. And this person even added add some lemon or lime juice, chili powder, and salt to top it off. Or propane. That sounds pretty damn good. Uh, another one says most vegetables taste better with a nice char. I'll agree with that. Like, Either um, like like asparagus, asparagus, Brussels yeah. sprout, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, nummy, I like, nummy. I like to throw stuff right on the grill and and cook them that way. Oh, yes, potatoes sprouts you can bake. Yeah, potatoes. Well, well, and and also home fries. We're looking at what appears to be home fries or something mm-hmm. of that nature on the screen. But yeah. Uh, a little bit burnt onions, a little bit burnt. Mm-hmm. Yes. When, when you do uh, the vegetables on the grill, do you do it with um, foil underneath, or you go right on the grill? You uh, usually right on the grill. I'll okay. get things that won't fall through. Yeah, that's know. my problem. Yeah, <laughs> I use a splayed <laughs> squirrel. Asparagus is tough. So if you get the little skinny ones, uh, you're having a hard time with sons it. Sons of bitches. Uh, so you, if, if and, and asparagus is like. It's luck of the draw when you go to the store. You don't know what you're going to get. I love it. You get those little pencil ones that suck. Yeah. Or you get the nice, big, <laughs> thick, veiny ones. Yeah. The John Holmes. Put them in yeah. yeah. Give it nice and veiny. Those are the best. 11 inches. Uh, all right. Now, this one I find um, a little bit odd on this list of food that is taste better burnt. Uh, they say any tacos. Huh. The best are served in tortillas that float off the burner in flames. So um, I assume they're meaning a, uh, a flour tortilla, yeah. uh, which you can, you know, like um, uh, you you can make quesadillas on the grill oh. and stuff like that. So that, I could see some like uh, I've had a slightly burnt pita, pita, sure, yeah, and that's good as well. 
So, but I don't know about corn tortillas. It's like a chupa, uh, which you might call a chupa. Um, this also, another one says breakfast sausage. Where are the sausages? Yeah, I, I, in the bacon and sausage realm, you can burn those suckers up, but I'm fine. Oh, pork roll too. Oh, and also um, Scrapple. Am I uh, the only Scrapple lover on uh, the show here? I, I like I'll take it. Okay. I, I prefer I spam. Love it. My um, new revelation with Scrapple, because I had always preferred it burned, uh, is smushed then burned. Smushed oh, then like burned. Oh, like a smash burger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Smushed and and yes, if I'm going to eat Scrapple, I would prefer it to have a, um, a harder consistency yeah. around it. Uh, it can be a little bit soft on the inside, but crunchy on the outside. Yeah. Well, the, when I was a kid, I've mentioned this a number of times, my mother would have to burn the hell out of pork chops for me to eat them. I couldn't stand them, you know... Even remotely spongy, mm-hmm. and I loved them. How about now? Don't eat them at all. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go to uh, Kim. Food that tastes better burned. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Kim. All right, so um, what do you think? I would say marshmallows over a fire when you're making a s'more. Mm. Okay, uh, like yes, literally yes. light it on fire? Yes, and then blow it out, peel off the outside skin, yeah. eat that, and do it again. I so love you'll, that. So you'll peel off the black stuff, <laughs> yeah, and then put it on your uh, on your s'more. Yes, interesting. And then do it again and kind of layer it up. Kim, I'm right with you on that because it just it just comes right off. It's this like uh, it's a crispy skin. And it's uh, yeah. it's it's wonderful. I do like that. I have. I'm not big on on uh, roasting marshmallows anymore. I used to be as a kid, but I do have a method now when I do it oh. that will get them golden brown, and uh, I prefer them that way. Do you know what's I, I bring it up. Uh, they're uh, a, a local company, but they're called Tuck Ins, and they have. Yes, they're so good because. Uh, it is, it's, it's all in one. The s'more, everything is contained within like, a, it's like a lollipop thing with its own stick. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just delicious. But press, are you not going to share your method here or? Oh, it's just, uh, it's finding the right distance from the open flame. Okay. okay. And, and, uh, rotisserie, yeah. uh, kind of just twirling it the whole yeah. time. A so golden brown is the best. Is the best? Yeah. All right, good. I'll make one for you sometime. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Somebody says on this list, corned beef hash. Oh, man. Crispy and crunchy corned beef hash with a runny egg on top is one of my favorite meals. I haven't had corned beef hash, but I think I want to try it. So good. Is it? So good. You know where you can get it? Secret breakfast place. Okay. I uh, had it when we were there. Uh, is this, now you have, have you guys revealed the name of the secret breakfast no, place? No, 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 no. The only way you can learn about secret breakfast place is if we take you. I can't tell you where it is. So okay. Casey's rule, mm-hmm. he wouldn't tell me where it was. It's like Fight Club. We, we finally had a free morning at the shore to spend time together. Okay. And I said, you've got to take me to the free uh, right. to the secret breakfast. Put this burlap bag over your head. Yeah. And it was pretty awesome, I have to admit. Yeah. What if somebody takes you guys? It's a greasy spoon. It's a hole in the wall. What do you mean if somebody takes us? Takes you out to breakfast. Like, will, will you reveal it to them? Like, you're saying you have to take sure. them, but yeah. if yeah. somebody offers to take you out to breakfast? You could take them to the secret breakfast place. Do they, yes. have, to, do they have to do the thing that Steve said with a blindfold? Uh, no. A burlap bag no, over the head no, in the back of the van? Hang, hit me over the head with a hammer. You just need an escort. <laughs> just, that's it. And yeah. uh, right. So don't Email me. Don't. I'm right. not. I'm. I can only. Take you don't care. want to ruin this. It's something I, that you guys have. Yeah. But I, I told you though, we were, we were there, and uh, Casey told the server that uh, his method, and she's like, "Oh no, you can tell everyone yeah. about this place." <laughs> 
because we want them to come no, here. No, is limited. Secret, we're hanging on by a thread. <laughs> but he's right. It's it's only a bar. That's yeah. it. Okay. It's, it's the only the only place you can sit is at the counter. There are no tables. There are no seats anywhere, and that's all. That, it's that small. And like, don't go there if you've got like a party of six because you'll never sit together. You'll never sit oh. together. We didn't. Yeah, we got lucky. How, we how, how, how many together. seats at this counter? Twenty, maybe. No, I'd say fourteen tops. And maybe. Uh, let's so, go. Fifteen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. All right. It's closer to fourteen now. Uh, let is. me go to let me 17. go to Joe. Hey Joe, good morning. Morning. Ed. Morning. Ed. All right. Uh, what's better? What tastes better? Burnt. Uh, soft pretzels. Soft, soft pretzels. pretzels? Oh, yeah, you get them extra burnt and salty. I used to. My brother used to work for Bernie's. Oh. Pretzels in the bazaar. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, uh, Casey just I'm shot. Shooting. <laughs> Bernie's. Oh, Casey just shot. And they would have a guy would come in and just order. they tell him to leave him in the oven. God make damn. cycle. Bitch. And uh, I got into him like that. So, huh. And uh, Casey, uh, you want extra burnt scrapple, put it in an air fryer. Dude, okay. Leave so my buddy, my buddy Jeff... Uh, he told me about uh, air frying Scrapple. He's like yeah. got the perfect combination. I yeah, haven't tried like it yet. Kind of like French fries, yeah. yeah. Uh, air fryers or fries are awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm talking about just oh, burnt up. Scrapple in there and let it burn. It's oh, I like that, man. All right, cool. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a it. wonderful day. Oh, uh, you yeah, too. And by the way, Bernie's, I mean, there are a few places that are like uh, Delco. Like if you were to go the top five Delco food places, yeah. Bernie's is probably top three at least. But there's a, ch- a small chain called Bernie's. It's not that, right? No, no. So Bernie's used You're to be sold. You're thinking of H&R Block. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> Bernie's was at the Bazaar, uh, and I don't know if they also were in where they're at now, which is in Alden, uh, but they're in Alden now, like on Providence Road, but yeah. uh, that you know that was the Bernie's, OG. Bernie's is top three restaurants of all time, Delaware County. Fooderies. I wouldn't even call it a restaurant. Uh, okay, so not... It's a place that serves food for consumption where you can come in and sit down, but I wouldn't call it a restaurant. <laughs> well, I don't know if you... Um, I don't know if... Uh, no, I mean, it's just a place where you go and, and you get your pretzels and, you know, you get a bag of pretzels and... It's a standalone? It's a standalone. Okay, because yeah. the one that I'm thinking of, there's one in Glenside. But you don't go there for dinner? No, no, it's a, pre- it's a soft pretzel place. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. But, but it's one of the top three fooderies. Fooderies in, in, in Delco. Like, okay. so it would they be take like, reservations? <laughs> He's, I don't think so. Bernie's like Charlie's. I, I would throw Zach's in there as okay. well. Okay. All right. Yeah. As a foodery. As a foodery. Not yeah. as a restaurant. Yeah. What would restaurants? Any, any idea? Or or do you do you, uh, go to some of the finer dining in Delaware County or not? Fine dining in Delaware County? Okay, never mind. That's a stupid <laughs> question. Uh, Marissa pulled up some uh, suggestions from the texts, uh, which are people that prefer certain foods burned. Uh, grilled pineapple. Kathy, you're all oh, over that. Oh, yeah. she, hates, she hates cooked fruit. I love grilled pineapple. I love pineapple, though. I um, love pineapple. You ever I had love... it grilled? Yeah. It's yeah. good. It adds, I, it's even sweeter. I used to despise pineapple. You know why? Because I was getting canned pineapple. When yeah. you get fresh pineapple, yeah. oh, it's a God. world of difference. Uh, peppers and onions cooked over charcoal, someone says. I love to eat charcoal. Abba. Uh, <laughs> and I guess, you know, charcoal does give you a flavor. It gives you a certain flavor in the food. All right, so this was on the list, and somebody had texted in about this. Burnt 
Cheez-Its are great. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Uh-huh. No, no. Well, they have the extra dark Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. And I think that's what they're referring to. So there yeah. are uh, there are ones that are, like, well done or yeah. Yeah, extra toasty. That's what they're called. I have not had those. I do those. And I also do the extra dark pretzels. Uh, and I believe well Bud's is the only one that does those. But that would fall under the same umbrella that the caller said. With the that's soft right. pretzels. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so then you have uh, burned onions and home fries. There you go, Yeah, Steve. man. Uh, toast. Yeah. No. no. I can take a little bit of a burn on a toast. Yeah. Not I, I. I think it I think it for me personally, it crosses over a line of uh bitter. And I and I don't want to I don't Toast I don't is want one of those words that could be singular or plural. Right? You you I'm gonna make some toasts. Yeah, right. Yeah, don't say Just toasts. Toast. Yeah. How many pieces, pieces of toast? <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy your toasts? Be the same thing with bread, I guess. Can I have some breads? <laughs> Various breads. I do I like you could. Some toasts are, are dessert-like, and some are, are meal-like. Like ones with raisins and cinnamon. Cinnamon raisins, yeah. by the way, is yeah. great, yeah, too. Real. And uh, toast that bread? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, here's one. I like to do this from time to time. Charred lettuce, believe it or not. Uh-huh. So you take a, rom- a head of romaine lettuce. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. think about that for a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, you get some olive oil on it. You throw it on the grill. All right. Uh-huh. And um, then you add your dressing to it afterwards, which a lot of times you can make your own. Maybe just a little lemon and oil and salt and pepper for a really light uh, dressing. Or you can do like a Caesar or something like that. It's fantastic. Really? Excellent. Yeah. yeah. What what noise are you making? I'm not no there was a squeak of a microphone like a, stand or something okay. like that. Yeah. I thought I you were I saw your hand going like this. <laughs> right. I'm sorry you were jerking it. Casey, don't jerk it on air. <laughs> All right. Uh burnt tips of kielbasa. Huh. Kielbasa is another one of those that you can char the outside of because it's already cooked through, usually. I think I would need anything in that kielbasa, you know, any of that stuff. I would need it incinerated because I don't like it. No? I just don't like those meats. My Kielbasa and and bologna. I know people love it. Yeah, Yeah, I love them. We made sausage. As a matter of fact, we had Irvine in uh, and we did the... uh, um, Crockpot crock challenge, and he dug my kielbasa. He did. He I, really even did. I did. Yeah. Even I did. It was quite good. Yeah, it's made like brown sugar and apples, and uh, what's that other stuff called? Sauerkraut. Yes. Okay. Here's one I full fully do not agree with at all. Burnt scrambled eggs. No. no. You'd have, to me, you'd have to go way off the charts to burn scrambled eggs. Eggs should be tender. No. They should never be firm. That's my personal opinion. A little runny. A uh, little oh, bit runny, no. if no. possible. No. For, scrambled eggs. No, you know what? I'm uh, on uh, that. I, I change it. I, I want them overcooked. I want my scrambled uh, eggs. No. I, I don't like um, runny egg yolks. Yeah. I want a little run. I want, a little burn. I want them disgustingly incinerated. I want to sop it up with my toast afterwards. Rochelle burns her eggs. She's wrong. Like she's, like, she's right. That's why we slept together. Problem with that. <laughs> Uh, baked mac and cheese on top. We already talked about that. Grilled barbecue chicken needs a char. Yep, I'll go along with that, too. Uh, French onion soup cheese yeah. needs oh, to be burned. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's funny. A soup that I love so much was responsible for one of my closest brushes with death. Yeah. You joke on that You stuff. get that glob of cheese in your throat and you're, mm-hmm. you know, forget it. Chocolate chip cookies when burnt are yes. pretty good. No, yeah. Do you like burn? Uh, listen, who, you know, my, this is my thing. Yeah, it's, it's my jam. jam. It's my John. Uh, the chocolate chip cookies in all versions, a little, I don't want them incinerated, but a little burn around the edges with some milk adds a different taste complexion. I'm down with it. Okay. Let me Brownies go. even. 
Uh, well, brownies is on is on this particular yeah. list. Oh, I agree. Okay. A little. Uh, I, I do like a. It, it needs to be moist inside. Yes. But a little crunch texture on the exactly. outside is pretty good. Um, we will go with Brent. Hi, Brent. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Wonderful, sir. We're talking about foods that might taste a little bit better when they are burned. What do you think? Uh, I think the burn ends and the veggies, especially like you said, the asparagus. Okay. Yeah, when you get the, the tips that are burnt a little bit. It's so good. Yeah. I, and they get crunchy. I, I, I do my own barbecue, and then a lot of times they're crunchy, but they're not overly cooked. And, you know, the benefit of the asparagus is what your piss will smell like mm, later on. It's so amazing. It keeps on giving. It's like beets. You pee red later yeah, on, Yeah, it's man. like a reminder of a great meal. Only for a split second you think you have a testicular cancer yeah. or something like that. I'm going to go to oh, Dave. Oh, I'm rotting from the inside. Oh, it's the beets. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, hey, Dave? Hey, you guys at work. Hey, oh, uh, thanks. first time caller here. Awesome, man. Um, All right, and we're talking about foods that might taste better burnt. What do you think? Uh, well, you know, along the same lines of lettuce, uh, cabbage. Ooh! If you guys ever use cabbage, you you make, you cut it in steaks, like portions of steaks. Okay. Soak it and soak it in olive oil, salt, pepper, oregano, whatever you want to use. Hot, you know, like say maybe some hot pepper or something. Huh. Burn it, burn it on the grill. You're gonna love it, Dave. dude. I will try that. That sounds really you're interesting. Cooking, you, you say you're cooking the cabbage like a like a steak. yeah. You can cut it thick enough, right. and, and yeah. it'll hold together. Cabbage is, is right. really yeah. wound together tight. Hey, Dave, uh -huh. do, you, do you do the same thing with the artichokes ever? Uh, I have not, but I've you know we we get the the cabbage, and it doesn't taste like anything when it's regular, right? When it comes out of the store, it doesn't really taste like much. But when you burn it. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that same approach, uh, grilling it. artichokes on Thanks, it. Thanks, Yeah. Wait, so um, artichoke, do you split it down the middle? Yeah. Lengthwise. Yeah, or you can peel them in advance and then put the, uh, you can need a, like a, a meaty one. You need a thick one, a veiny one. Right, right. right. But uh, you can grill them individually, but it's, it's a delicate it, thing. Mash it. Artichokes yeah. are a tricky thing, man. They are. Because they've got that fibrous material when you get towards the heart. Yeah, and you're not getting them much anyway. Mm -hmm. you're, you're the best not. ones. You I mean, it has a heart. you yeah. got to work really hard to get very little on an yeah. artichoke. Do you guys like it when people say okie-dokie artichokey? I do. Okay. I say it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Usually the next step is uh, you put into a home. Right. <laughs> I like a hunky-dory chicken tandoori. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. I've never heard yeah. that one either. Uh, let's see. All right. We already got to that one. All right. Uh, let's go to Ed. We got a couple of Eds. Hey, Ed, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good, good morning, Ed, sir. All right. Food that tastes better burnt. Well, seriously, I got to tell you, I'm literally taking notes. <laughs> good. About, We're good for especially something. Especially about the vegetables. Uh, we recently got an air fryer. Okay. The first time we used them, my wife burned green beans, and I was eating them like French fries. Okay. <laughs> hilarious. All right. But yep. The food I wanted to call about was baked ziti. Yeah. Or lasagna. Like I, that top. It's almost kind of like a crust. With the cheese, yeah, yeah we oh, we mentioned man. that earlier. That was that. that was number one, at least way up on the list. When you have that, uh, like burned mac and cheese, burned baked ziti, burnt uh, lasagna, it definitely, I think, that enhances the taste dramatically. I mean, I don't know if it's just the cheese or just like the macaroni. Sometimes it gets like a little harder. Just that cheese consistency. I don't know. I go straight for it. Yeah, All burnt right. cheese. Good to work. Good, uh, good to know. Thanks for the word, Ed. We appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. All right, let me go. Uh, here's another one, Ed, uh, talking about pretzels. But, uh, hey, Ed, good morning. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the bop, bop, toot, bop, toot, bop, bop. Oh, I no! Oh! You were doing so I was well. I to get along with you, Ed. Uh, uh, try it again. Try, try it again. Try, try it again. All right. Hey, everybody, 
just supposed to have you on the ba ba two the ba two ba 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 two ba 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 da. That's pretty close, right? Closer. All right. Better. I like it. Now do it backwards. All right, Ed. What's up, man? A Philly soft pretzel. Without question, is absolutely the best when it is burnt. All right, so we so we had a caller who said he he you know orders them that way. How do you get your? Are you are you taking a, a soft pretzel you might buy somewhere and then going home and burning it yourself, or how, how do you, do you get keep this? a lighter in the if, car? If I go there and I see that there's a burnt you know rack of of pretzels, I'll I'll ask for those. You'll buy them all up. Yes. Okay. Now, I I have to yeah. try this. At work, when they had pretzel day, and what I would do, I would, you know, buy the pretzels, take them into the toaster oven, <laughs> okay. put them in there, and jack that thing up to like 450, <laughs> like five minutes, and come out. It's almost like eating a Snyder's hard sourdough. Oh. Oh, yeah, I love those. Oh. I do love those. Mm. Uh, uh, though, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I got to try the burnt uh, soft pretzel. That sounds intriguing. Right, okay, we'll give it a shot, man. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Peace uh, out. I assume right. you do the Peace mustard out. or cheese with that, right? Yeah. So I what I used to do is the, the the Dutch, the Snyder's, the big Dutch pretzels, the hard ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'd get the um, the, uh, the 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 cheese. The, the what is it? The, the cheese whiz. Cheese whiz in a in like a, a body heated up. It's meant mm. to be heated for dipping. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm, I I go with mustard. There's um, nothing, not one thing healthy about that experience. By the way, somebody texted in. You know what I mean? Jelly bean. Sure do, Peanut Chew. <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, we'll go next to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. You guys rock. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you, Bob. All right, so uh, a food that tastes better burnt. Well, I, first of all, like that one Ed said, I'm taking notes. Cheese curls. I never heard that. I'm going to try that. All right. All right. All right. I burned... I fry oatmeal and I with olive oil and I burn that a little bit. You fry oatmeal with with olive oil. I have never heard of that. Yeah, where before you, you put the gravy on it. Where did you pick this up? I just I made it up myself. Okay. And my oldest son, I'll tell you, he goes nuts if I'm home and I'm making it. I got to make him some. So oatmeal usually needs to be softened up a bit by yeah. water. So how what's the consistency like? Are you using a lot of oil? Well, what you do is first you make the oatmeal like normal, the instant oats. You know, you put it in the water in the pot and you get it normal. And then what you do is you get the olive oil in a frying pan and you get that nice and hot. And you put this in there. You just make sure you leave it in there long enough just to burn, just a little bit brown. Are you making making like little patties, like little crab cakes out of oatmeal or what? Oh, no. I make like a big pancake. All right. My mind is reeling at this. Did you discover this recipe during a house fire? <laughs> no, it's just the way my mind works, I guess. All right, no, and then you, do you throw anything on that? You throw some fruit on it or sugar? Oh, you could throw any, whatever you want in there. You could throw cayenne pepper. You can put uh, onion pepper, pe- onion salt, whatever and you want. Onion salt? What the hell? Are you, so you're having savory oatmeal? Oh, yes. You See, try. I always think of it as a sweet so I. treat. I love so. oatmeal. Wow. It's crunchy and soft at the same time. You got the best of both worlds. All right. You're, 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 changing, you're changing things up here. You're, you're making my uh, my mind freak out. I, 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 like the, uh, I like the unique thought. All yeah. right. Thanks, Bob. He's like you, Casey, because Casey, did you see what Casey did with the uh, cinnamon toast crunch? Oh. Yeah, he oh, made, uh, what'd you make out of it? 
French, French toast? French toast, yeah. Cinnamon toast, crunch, French toast. So, yeah. uh, would you crunch it up? I and crunch then it up. You batter and then dip it in that? Yep. Okay, that yeah. sounds pretty good. The, the only thing the I would have Original done, idea? Uh, well, no, I mean, I, I initially, so I followed Blackstone uh, Griddle on Not Instagram. the magician. No. And they had fruity pebbles. And I don't have fruity pebbles. Okay. I have cinnamon toast. So I did it with that. The only thing I would have done differently is I, I would have... Um, Crunched up the uh, the cereal a little bit finer, made it more of all powder. I got right? you. Yeah, throw in a processor, yeah. something like that, and doing it that way. <laughs> Martin's potato rolls commented on your recipe. I Casey. know. Well, I, I tagged them on it because huh. the other thing is I didn't have any bread in the house. The only thing I had left over were potato rolls from uh, the cheeseburgers that I made on Saturday and night. That worked well for you. It did. Huh. As a matter of fact, those potato it rolls were real. real. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Walter. Hi, Walter. How you doing, man? Walter. <laughs> Walter, are you there? Chris? No. Chris? Is your name yeah, Chris? Yeah, my name's Chris. Oh. Where the hell did Walter come from? <laughs> this is my version of good morning. At the All right. Of my- <laughs> All right. What's up, buddy? <laughs> so, I got married in 2009 to my wife, and uh, she gave me two terms of divorce. One would be if I ever gave her a Dutch oven. All right. Okay, and yeah. The, and the other one... Is if I ever steal the little French fries that are burnt from like the the batch before that oh. accidentally make it into yours? Sure, she loves them. All right, the, I agree. The, the itty bitty crunchy ones—they're almost potato chips. They're really yeah. good. Yeah, I yeah. like them too. Yeah, yep. Uh, they're so, am- they're amazing. Would she uh, would she like save those for last or just savor in them and point out how much? She no, loved no, them? no, 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 no. She will dig through the the bin of French fries to find them. You know what you should do, and honestly, put the put the whole relationship to the test. Do a Dutch oven, but when you put the blanket up over her head, between your legs is a bowl of those burnt French fries. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I thought about that on April Fool's one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man, or Thank Walter, you. whatever you want to go Walter. by. Uh, all right, so this was also on this list that got it started. I'm going to let Marissa handle it. Hi, Marissa. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, so we're talking about foods that actually taste better if they're a little bit burned. So I love burned food in general. Just like Casey, I love my chicken burn. Yeah. Um, but I like pierogies. Like, you know how you normally boil them? I like to pan fry them, and I like mm. them really, really crispy. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I like, like pierogies. It's kind yeah. of like um, you know, uh, dumplings or pot stickers. I, I yeah. prefer them fried. I think they uh, having a little crunch on the outside is yummy. My mother used to make totally. dumplings, and then when they got a little bit burnt, they were fantastic. Yeah. So, are you a big pierogi aficionado, Marissa? Um, no, not really. I just I'm weird, and I like them that way. No, there's, there's a great pierogi place on Henry Avenue. Oh, okay. Yeah, in uh, in Roxborough. I think it's Roxborough. Yeah. Hey, Marissa, do you um, what do you what do you fry them in? Do you is it an oil or butter or what? Um, I just put butter in the pan with some garlic, and I just fry them up. Get them really crispy, and they stuff. taste the best that way. Yeah, okay. I, I come over. <laughs> oh, anytime. Nice. Anytime. All right. Thank you, Marissa. He'll bring you do goat yoga. <laughs> hey, um, there was, uh, let's see, you know what? I thought of one that I used to like. Uh, Nick, we made the bologna sandwich here for you one time. Oh, yeah. Me and uh, Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. He doesn't stand for bologna. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a little bit charred. Yeah, okay. Yes. I, do, I do like yes. it a little bit charred. I now, think it tastes better. Uh, so where is the char happening? Like, uh, is it on both sides? Does it matter? Um, no, just on the outside. Yeah, okay. Uh, it doesn't have to be on both sides. All right. But, uh, I will tell you this. I will. I do not like regular bologna sandwiches, but grilled bologna sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I will. I can swing that. Nice. You know, Chuck D'Amico loves to air fry pepperoni. Oh, Pe- really? Doesn't yeah. stand for pepperoni. <laughs> Does this- 
He doesn't uh, stand for baloney. Yeah, I bet that's like uh, like well done bacon. Like it's really crispy and and falls apart really easily. There was somebody brought by. It was with syrup. Do you remember Nick? There was they brought by this obscenely huge tray of like burnt bacon with uh, with like a syrup, and I was like, it was. No. I'm like. This is the greatest, most horrible thing in the world I at the same it, time. I want it back, though. I, I want it back. That. I want you back here in Philly. Yeah. Uh, bacon, we want you back. <laughs> they, uh, what was it? The farmers, uh, not uh, founding farmers. Yeah, far, founding farmers. Yeah. They have uh, these things called uh, bacon lollies. Oh, uh, which are it's it's on a little stick and it's a piece of well done bacon. Oh wow! Uh, that's got like a. Um, the wrapping something? A candied uh, type of, candy. uh, you know, <laughs> sweetness on it. I got I like you. that. It's pretty tasty. Is it, yeah. is it around a, a particular item, or is it just the bacon? A wedding ring. What do you mean, is it or around? Like, a, uh, is there scallop hidden within? No. <laughs> no? Just why, why? What makes My, you think? The lollipop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's, just, like, it's, it's on a stick. Right. It's on a stick, like a lollipop. I would stick a scallop in there and then wrap it with bacon and then make that the pop. I like that, too. That all, almost becomes like a, uh, a blow pop, but a different version with meat. <laughs> a scallop pop. <laughs> yeah. Because a blow pop had gum in the middle of right, it, right? It's, yeah. Or a Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Pop uh, has Tootsie, Tootsie Roll, yeah. Right. Uh, Remember Tootsie Pop Drops? Those yes. were... I uh, loved those. Yeah. Those I like scallop drops. <laughs> they were my favorite. <laughs> As a kid. Candy-covered yeah. scallops. <laughs> These are great, Mom. Yeah. Do they make Tootsie Pop How many licks does it take to get the center of a scallop pop? <laughs> <laughs> These are birth control pops. Wow. All right. Anyway, uh, clearly we could talk all day about this because our text <laughs> messages are lighting up like crazy and so are our phone lines, but we have to take a break. So, But uh, I thought it was an interesting look at foods that might taste better yeah. with a little burn on them, if you will. By the way, do you say burned or burnt? I would say I, I, I say burnt. You know, I don't know. A burned, I guess, and burnt is adequate as well. All right. Anyway, thank you for your calls. We appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. We'll dive into the bazaar when we get back. Stay with us. What's new? Why do you ask? Ghost. Disturbed. Rival Sons. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Now, WMMR presents Austin and Steve's Italy has a problem. Over the past seven years, gangs of wild hogs have become an increasing nuisance in the country with the population of the animals reaching an alarming two million, effectively doubling since 2015. <laughs> they can be aggressive, right? Very much so. And anybody who lives in a pig heavy area knows that the dangers these animal po- animals pose to humans and property life. Uh, they are like bullies. They're just like their American cousins. And for years... stupid. Uh, for years, wild hogs have been destroying the crops of Italian farmers and killing their livestock. They're also responsible for over 10,000 car wrecks a year. And gambling debts. And the hogs have become so problematic that Italian farmers swarmed Rome, demanding the government take action in uh, to curtail the wild hog prob- population. And now they've made news for indulging their vices, sniffing out cocaine. 
A pack of feral hogs in a forest in eastern Tuscany sniffed out, dug up, and destroyed a stash of cocaine buried by some would-be traffickers that was valued over $22,000. That's great. Now, what I didn't hear was any word on if they had physical effects from being all coked up or anything like that. It's great. I'm totally worried up. It's amazing. Uh, But apparently they are uh, are running amok in Italy. Yeah, I would have to assume it would have a bad effect on their health, right? right? And they probably didn't stop and, like, do lines. Yeah, they probably just sparked right through all of it. A child was hospitalized after being, listen to this, stabbed in the chest by a catfish's stinger and experiencing difficulty breathing in Florida. Didn't realize catfish have stingers. They do. So on, on uh, we used to go catfishing, and their dorsal fin. That's right. Has a, it's essentially a barb. Yeah. And so do their, uh, uh, the, the side fins. I don't know what you call those. But, uh, the, the pectoral? Pectoral fins. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and dude, and they can bite too. Like they're they're more like they don't have teeth, but they're like it's like a pincher. Yeah, and they can bite really hard. I they're forgot they're a, tough fish. Yeah, I forgot about those. They're, they're like spindly things. Yeah, come out, yeah. So the child whose name and age and gender were not released was stabbed on Monday in north uh, northwest of Tampa, uh, and it reported that the child was uh, a boy under the age of ten who was stabbed at a pond. The stinger entered. One to one and a half inches into the chest cavity. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, caused the child to experience shortness of breath. The child was flown to the hospital in Tampa for treatment while heading to the hospital uh, with their mother. The child experienced difficulty breathing. No further details were released, and the child's current condition is unknown. Even though catfish don't have a conventional stinger, uh, but they kind of jab with their sharp and pointed pectoral and dorsal fins, younger catfish are considered more dangerous because their fins are sharper at a young age. Speaking of Florida, the largest Burmese python ever seen in Florida has been discovered. Oh, no. Lured out of his hiding place in the Everglades by researchers who used another python as bait, by the way. The gar- <laughs> well, it's kind of like that. So the gargantuan snake was a female measuring nearly 18 feet long, weighing 215 pounds. Oh, my God. Uh, 30 pounds more than the next largest python ever found in the state. Most Burmese pythons uh, that are found in Florida range between 6 and 10 feet long. And although their native inhabitants, uh, their native habits habitat is uh, Southeast Asia, the snakes commonly reach 18 feet long and the largest can reach uh, lengths of 20 or more. So despite being larger than most Florida's native snake species, Burmese pythons are extremely difficult to spot within the vast marshlands. In an effort to reduce the invasive populations by drawing rep- reproductively active females out of hiding, Python trackers, what they do is they implant GPS trackers inside male pythons, yeah. and then they send these scout snakes slithering into the wild. And Looking a, for some strange. And a 12-foot-long scout named Dionysus, nicknamed Dion, yeah. uh, served as bait for the record-setting female that the team captured. At the time, the team noticed that Dion had stationed himself in one particular location near Naples. Right, I'm about five clicks away. And when they went to <laughs> check on their scout snake, they found him coiled up near a monstrous female. Wow. After an intense uh, wrestling I'm match. I'm going in. After an intense wrestling match, <laughs> the researchers managed to wrangle the huge female into a bag, which they then secured in a tub and transported to their research facilities. Dion, meanwhile, survived the encounter and continued scouting for the conservancy. 
And after euthanizing the female snake, the team performed a necropsy on the hefty python inside uh, python inside his body. They found a record 122 egg follicles, roughly spherical structures that mature into eggs once fertilized. So this is how this population has gotten out yeah. of hand. Yeah, they can crank out 122 yeah. eggs, or at least ones this size. Do could. they estimate at the size of the the potential python population down there? I, I haven't seen numbers, but it's out of control. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do yeah. know that. Uh, so, in the snake's digestive tract, they found bits of fur, clumps of dissolved bone, and a chunk of hoof. Evidence that the python's last meal was an adult white-tailed deer. Yeah, it's, it's having an effect on the alligator population. Yeah. Right? Alligator. I know. So, you can find alligators, obviously, in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Louisiana, anywhere else. You can find them in uh, Mississippi. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Quite possibly. Texas, right? I was wondering about Texas. Yeah. Maine. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Maine. Probably not Maine. Well, in the summer, mm. they go up. Yeah, sure. It's, it's the reverse of a snowbird. It's, it's, a, it's a summer alligator. Yeah. Acadia is really nice. <laughs> I'm a summer gator. <laughs> I'm a summer gator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and then uh, how about? Oh, this is a terrible story. I don't know if I want to end on a terrible story. Um, Smile while you say it. How about this one? <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want. No. To. All right. <laughs> I, I, okay. I'll All end right. on. I'll end on a sweet story. Oh, All right. Like good. A pair of bald eagles near uh, Nanaimo, British Columbia, have adopted a baby red-tailed hawk. Uh, they, oh, wow. They normally go after those. Yes, they do. And they're raising it alongside their own eaglet. <laughs> wow, what was that? Is that supposed to be a bird? No, it's uh, just my elbow bumped up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, that was supposed to be a bird. Yeah. So, but while while the uh, the hawk is now part of the eagle's family, it could have been uh, just easily their dinner. Uh, ornithologist David Bird, by the way, his name. Yes, that's my name. Provides a chuckle when people hear it. Said this bird likely came from a red-tailed hawk nest that was preyed upon by the adult bald eagles. Wow. And the next thing you know, the little hawk bounced up and started begging for food right away. Bird said that that's what he believed saved its life. Lloyd, we have to do something. Uh, <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> He's so cute. I mean, they... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Pam... We can't just leave it here. Uh, Pam McCartney, a volunteer for the wildlife organization Growls, was watching a live stream of the nest when she saw the mom drop the baby hawk. She thought for sure it was a goner. She said, usually uh, I can close my eyes or fast forward or whatever, but this was uh, live at the time, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But to her welcome surprise, neither the mother nor the eaglet attacked the little hawk. Uh, She said she just kind of dropped it, and it came alive. And the eaglet was just like, what the heck, Mom? What is this? Uh, why is it moving? And at first she says the two baby birds kept themselves on opposite sides of the nest, and the mother didn't pay too much attention to the hawk. But at by nightfall, she said they became a real family with the mother eagle feeding and fussing over the baby birds equally. It's amazing. Uh, they uh, uh, they operate a number of webcams uh, to monitor <laughs> eagle nests, and the group is keeping the exact location of the rare interspecies family a secret so that they don't get overwhelmed by bird watchers. Uh, McCartney says that the Eagles' parents had lost one of their two chicks a few weeks ago, and she suspects a new hawk has kind of taken its place. It's amazing. Uh, the bir- uh, bird says that the rare phenomenon came about due to an incredible confluence of events. says, first of all, it's a miracle that the hawk didn't die in the powerful clutch of the Eagles' talons. He said, I've had these on my own arm, and I know what that feels like. 
Uh, it's also amazing. He says that uh, the mother opted to feed the baby bird instead of kill it because they would normally eat something like so that. So the maternal instinct, in some fashion, must have kicked in somehow or another. When when the bird started begging for food, that yeah, it just said, could you help me out? Yeah, Boy, we can't leave him here. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Eunice. Oh. Lloyd and Eunice. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, isn't that wild? I think yeah, I think that's a nice, amazing. nice story. To, and uh, <laughs> thank you, Eunice, for deciding yeah. to keep no him. No problem. In, I just couldn't leave him. And talking Lloyd into it. Where's Lloyd? He's out giving food. He, you know, it's funny because Lloyd at first he didn't want it, and now he just loves oh, it. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Lloyd, look at him. Look at me, Lloyd. <laughs> okay, Eunice. Oh my God. God damn. Mm. I'm such a pushover. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, I love you both. <laughs> Happy family. Listen, you know, it's a blended family, yes, and and why not? You know, hey Lloyd, in fact, I blended up your parents. Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> now open wide. <laughs> Here's <some> daddy. <laughs> well, all right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address uh, on on the web, PrestonandSteve.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I believe our guests are ready to go. Here's Excellent. the deal. They, they can't hear them in the other room, so they're allowed to just know that I'm going to bring this little, uh, as, as Pierre would call it, gadget up. Right. And then we should be able to hear them. But yeah. I'm going to play a little clip of the music uh, because uh, Alex Lifeson from the band Rush yeah. has a new group. And uh, they are called Envy of None. And it's along with Andy Kern, who we're going to speak to as well, and a, a lovely singer named Mariah, uh, Maya. Really good. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of this for you because it sounds nothing like what you would expect yeah. from Alex Lyons. Sitting here playing with my Alex Lifeson doll. <laughs> Did you guys see them? I yeah. do. You got all your figures right. All your Rush figures. 1970s Alex yeah. and 1980s Alex and Funko Pop Alex. <laughs> I didn't see you playing with your Alex Lifeson dolls again. No, yes, sir. No, I didn't see you doing that again. Uh, please welcome Alex Lifeson and Andy Curry. Yeah. This morning. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Thank Philadelphia. You. Hey, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. I don't, I, uh, we can't see you. I don't know if you could see me and Alex with with my dolls. <laughs> yes, I see them with your zigzag shirt as well. Oh, yeah. there Thank we go. Thank you for noticing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Hey, uh, well, listen, um, thank you guys. Very nice to meet you, uh, Andy, Alex. I've, uh, you know, we go way back. I've met you at meet and greets before. You know, yeah, you're in <laughs> um, But no, um, I'm happy, Alex, that, uh, that you got a new thing going on musically. This is a, a really cool uh, project. And, and I'm curious how 
um, this came together between you and Maya and the whole group and ended up, um, you know, creating this music? Well, Andy, uh, Andy and I have known each other for a very long time. We were label mates. Um, after Andy uh, was finished with Coney Hatch, he went to work our office. And so he was out with us for the boy, 15 years, I guess, that he was yeah. there quite often. And uh, after the last Rush tour in 2015, Andy approached me, oh, I don't know, but, uh, uh, the following year, I guess, and um, just asked if I would play on some stuff that he'd been working on. So we very casually started to develop this writing relationship. <laughs> he met Maya along the road, and uh, when I heard her voice, I thought, oh, my God, this this project can really go somewhere. So we went from being sort of a casual few songs project to being a full album uh, and really concentrating on the writing over the last year and recording. We never worked together in the same room. Um, it's all been by sharing files and uh, it's been such an, an amazing experience. Really, really rewarding, certainly for me. I get to play guitar <laughs> in ways I never expected I could. Yeah. So that was a real treat. I was reading an interview with you, uh, Alex, and uh, talking about how you, you are very proud that this is such a departure in sound. But the, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, rock or in general or music like this in general, you know, in the days of old AM radio, you know, you'd get you just here, at least in the United States, you get like all sorts of different things and, and you could be you could experience different things. And and to add other things to the menu, like this sound, which is a sound that I really like. Preston was sort of invoking um, some of the bands you mentioned earlier, Preston. We were talking about Massey Star and... Yeah, and, and uh, like this uh, moody female-led group yeah. that, that have this... Uh, I, you know this this kind of darker but cool hip tone to them. You know? Yeah. So so was yeah. it was it? I mean, was it by design or as you started to record? Did you realize with Maya that this was going to be the tone? Um. Well, there was something about her voice that really contrasted the music that we were developing. Uh, it seemed like her voice, being as fragile. Uh, and delicate as it is, worked on top of whatever we did, whether it was sort of had an industrial bent to it or country and western or pop right. or you know, anything. Maya's voice just felt so uniquely connected to the music and her lyrics are great. Uh, I think Andy and I just were really inspired by the direction that it was going to right off the bat. Right, Randy? Uh, Andy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was interesting, guys, because no matter what landscape we created musically, um, Maya's voice just seemed to be the icing on the cake and was very, very evocative and, as you said, moody. Um, and there were times we had some discussions with her where she was like, I, I, I think I got to press the gas pedal a little bit more and, mm. and dig in. And we were like, no, just be yourself. Let us be nasty around you, you know. But um, she, uh, she, she, we were all impressed. We just thought her... her her grasp of melodies and harmonies and, as Alex said, her lyric writing at a very young age when we met her. She was 21. By the time we finished, she was the ripe old age of 24, 25. So. <laughs> uh, and you, you guys have a few more uh, miles logged than she does. And Andy, how did she get on your radar? Did, did you see her out at a show or did she, uh, uh, you know, uh, seek you out? Well, you, you guys will appreciate this being in radio. I was asked um, uh, uh, to be a, a judge for an online radio contest, and Maya ended up being a um, one of the finalists. And part of her 
part of the prize was she was going to get some money for recording and, and some gear and stuff. And then they said, and you can have a, a mentoring call with a music industry expert. And I've never considered myself an expert, but I, I said, that's a pretty crappy prize, but I'll do it. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was during that call. Um, she was asking for some advice and then without even breaking stride, she said, you know, I looked you up on the internet, Andy, um, would you be interested in what about if we co-wrote together? And that was the beginning of it all. There was a song on the record called Shadow. And um, I started working on the seeds of that idea with her and eventually sent it to Alex and, and said, Alex, what do you think about this? I think we found somebody pretty special and would you be interested in playing on it? And that was the beginning of Envy of None. So Andy uh, and Alex, um, uh, we'll go with Andy first. What, what do you give me the 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 absolute plus of recording this the way you did in sort of a disjointed fashion, and the absolute prime negative of this scenario? Well, Steve, yeah, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, Al. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Um, for me, I love working like this. I love working on my own independently, where I can experiment, I can try things, I can take my time, I can delete stuff I don't like. That, you know, it's great to have people in the room and it's great to have, be part of that vibe and the enthusiasm, but it, invariably everybody throws ideas at you. It can be just a little too much information when you're trying to focus on something right. because things take a while to do right. Uh, so for me, working in my room by myself was just perfect. And then we would share the files and we would build the song like a pyramid. And once we got to the apex and we felt the song was complete, then we moved on to the next one. Hey, I had a chance to, uh, to to track the whole album, and I found out something really cool that I didn't know until afterwards. There's a lot of great songs in there, really, like Cabo Blues. But one stood out, and it was an instrumental called Western Sunset. And I just thought it was a really pretty departure from uh, from the rest of, the, of the, the overall sound of the record. And then I was reading um, this morning... Uh, and Alex, you can tell me if, if what the truth to this is or not. But it uh, uh, it, it was an homage to to my idol, your brother uh, Neil Peart. And is that indeed the case? And if so, how did that song come about? Well, it, you know, I was working on that song, and I was visiting with Neil uh, as we did quite often through that period of time. And Neil had a little uh, balcony, like a patio. Uh, on the second floor of his office and we'd go up up there and sit and he'd smoke cigarettes and we'd watch uh, the sunset and it just struck me that that moment was very calm serene and peaceful uh despite this very heavy burden that we were all feeling at the time and the sun as the as, a, as it set filtered through the trees as we were sitting up there and it struck me that the day ends and it's a, uh, uh, that day's over and that day will not come again. But the sun comes up again the next day. And uh, it just, that, that closure of the sunset and what it represented to me at that moment uh, felt like just the right kind of thing. And I wanted to create something that was evocative of that moment that had that same peaceful feeling of serenity that we were sharing at the time. I think it's so cool that a musician is able to go, I want to capture <laughs> audibly what a sunset means that can invoke a, a, a visual picture. Now, we do it with words. You know, uh, uh, theater of the mind is what we do. But when you can do that uh, with tones, um, it's pretty... It's pretty impressive, and and were you able to to nail it heading right out? You know, like I know, I know what key I want to go in. I know what notes I want to get to. Can can you create things like that? Do you know a picture uh, sonically in someone's mind? 
Yeah, you know, for me, and I think it's from my history with Rush, it's, Rush was a very cinematic band as well. I think the stuff that we created, we we saw it as we wrote it. And I don't know if I have that ability or why I have it, but I seem to have it. And uh, when I think of music, I think of colors and I think of patterns. I think of a palette. And, and it might be tried to say that because a lot of musicians feel that way, but that's exactly the way I I picture music, uh, and I want it to have that kind of response—a very cinematic response. Nice. And that one, that one took some time. Okay. I worked on that song for about five years to develop it the way I wanted it. And Andy helped me a lot with that, uh, redoing the bass part in a very sensitive way. So, um, yeah, I think those things those things take time to develop. Go ahead, Andy. And Preston, I was just going to say, Preston, there's a, there's a really interesting part of this that, that, that plays into your your question, especially I, I grew up with Rush, too, and, and a huge fan of the band, but serendipitously, and I didn't know it when Alex had sent me the idea, but um, on one of the last tours, Getty Lee gave me a, a Fender fretless Jacko Pastore's um, jazz bass oh, as a wow. present. And a thank you, and um, it, and it's one of my favorite prized possessions. And so, when Alex sent um, Western Sunset over, I thought, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this, not knowing where the inspiration came from. So I look at it now, fast forward, and 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 knowing that he um, c- composed that song with Neil in mind, and that I ended up playing a bass that Getty gave me, it just tied it all together. You know, it's What's so the energy? cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that is yeah. very cool. You talk about also what you what you see and in, in both of you, uh, you know, in your mind. We all experience. I tend to think of the presentation of the music on stage. How does this present on stage? So envy of none um, to me seems, and I was, I think both of you said it at various points that this is a more this is a, this is proper lighting, not arena, but a theater. Um, you know, uh, so so uh, is that something that we will see a, a sort of um, you know kind of. Uh, here and there sort of tour for Envy of None? Is that in the works? You know, we keep saying uh, we we would have to wait until the album comes out and see what the response is like and what the demand is like to put something together. I, for one, uh, am not really interested in going on the road. I, I spent 41 years on the road, and honestly, that was quite enough. And I think Andy feels similarly. Um, but I'm sure Maya would love to get out there. She's young and she's uh, very visual. And um, and I'll definitely buy a ticket to sit in that audience to watch that show. I think this music presented in a small theater could be so dramatic and have such power to it. If we do something, we'll, we'll create something. And I would say that uh, Andy and I would maybe do some shows together with whatever band that's created to take this on the road and that would be fun but uh i I don't know if i would be up for a a major tour certainly right uh listen i want to commend you know your years on the road obviously uh you guys worked hard for a long long time in rush i had a chance to meet you on a few occasions at meet and greets and you guys had it down to a science it was (laughs) so wonderfully well done where we would come up meet get a picture have a chance to say a couple of words and i made a horrible mistake. <laughs> I tried to say something witty to you, Alex, and I was just like, right after it left my mouth, I was like, oh, you idiot. Uh, and uh, I but- haven't been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how bad it was. 
I, I learned from that point on, just say, thank you for the music, thank you, it's nice, and then move along and stop, stop trying to stand out. But listen, you know, you've, uh, you're you a professional, you handled it really well, and you, you appeased me, so I appreciate that. And uh, I've even had... Uh, I've had a chance recently, and and I want to, uh, a testament to people who are fans of you and your music and the great lengths that Rush fans, and we'll see if maybe Envy of None fans do. Uh, someone recently got me uh, some of the beer that you guys had, uh, the first batch. I know there's another one, uh, Moving Pitchers, but um, I got a letter, Alex, from this guy who who got it in, in Canada. He then took it. It went through like eight different hands before it got to me. <laughs> crossing the border yeah. and all this stuff just to get it to me because you can't get it here in the States. And you guys saw, I read it on the air. It's, it's like, easier to was, smuggle heroin than it yeah. was. I was blown away. Uh, you know, and, and that comes from the love of your band. So uh, I'm sure that they're, you know, while this is a completely different thing and has a completely different sound to it, we'll at least embrace and check out what, uh, what you have done. What, what are you expecting to hear back uh, from Rush fans about Envy of None? Um, I don't know. You know, it's early still. I haven't really heard too much. Uh, I've read some of the reviews, and they've all been very, very positive. And the interesting thing is that, you know, they talk about the differences and that it's not an extension of Rush, and it's not some sort of unfulfilled desire I had to to continue what I'd done. Um, so that's very promising to me because I really spent a lot of time trying to not be that kind of guitar player. The songs are not Rush songs. And, you know, no, no matter what you do, you can't make them a song that Getty and Neil and I would have written. So uh, it's something completely different. And it's, it's a really wonderful expression of where I'm at as a musician at this point in my life. How about uh, feedback from Getty? And also uh, to back up on that, when, uh, after Alex, uh, if, if you give us any reactions that he's had, I'm curious, Andy, what he has to say about your bass playing. Well, Preston, I, you know, Getty and I have been friends since we were 13 years old. We're, we're best friends. We, it's, we, we shared the experience of Rush, but we share a lot of experience, life experiences. Um, you know, we were together just a couple nights ago with a, a really great dinner um, and catching up on what the last couple of weeks have been. Never mind the last couple of years. So we're always seeing each other. We're always part of each other's lives. Look, he's working on his book. I worked on this record. We do stuff and we... We share our interests. He updates me on how the book is going. I let him know about how uh, Envy of None was going. He asked me about it the other night. Like, uh, we support each other because we're friends and yeah. we, we, we respect what we see in each other's uh, life path. And if our path, if our paths cross again at some point musically in the future, fantastic. And if they know, if they don't, well, fantastic. We'll always love each other and be great friends. So, yeah. Alex, yeah. and go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, guys. Certainly, um, a bit of an albatross looming above the project, knowing that that Alex's partner was get, was Getty Lee. <laughs> um, so, I, I was very cautious. Uh, Listen, I don't have those type of bass chops. I'm, I mean, I can, I can muck around at home and, and lift stuff, and I did lift many Rush songs as a as a teenager growing up. But um, 
as Alex said, this is a bit of a different thing. I mean, maybe the song Look Inside might be the closest to a Rush-type bass line, but um, I certainly was conscious of it and, and wasn't going to dare try to go head-to-head with Mr. Getty Lee right. in the bass department. That was that was, that was was not even a thought process, and nor would I have tried. I would have failed miserably. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think that you would, but that's cool that you had that in your head and i was curious about that because of what what a force he's been in the world of music so that's cool to hear i like that uh by the way marissa got me the uh, our producer got me uh the beer by the way it went from toronto to ontario to michigan to ohio to harrisburg to langhorn and eventually landed here at our studio in balakin with pennsylvania so it was a that's bit of a smuggling ring. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. Um, well, listen, guys, uh, congratulations on, on this album. It, yeah. it is out officially on Friday. There is pre-order available at envyofnone.com. Uh, Andy, it's great to meet you. Alex, I am thrilled that you are creating more music. I'm so, so happy as a fan uh, to... Uh, to be able to experience what you have to give to the world. So so thank you on behalf of me and, and all Rush fans. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for spending the time with us this morning. Anytime. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And, and uh, have a good one. Good luck with everything. And if you come to Philadelphia, we yeah. will see you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Army we'll of None, Alex Lifeson, and Andy Curran. That is so cool. <laughs> very nice. That's cool. It's super nice. By the way, um, Alex, you point to his sense of humor. You know, at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, induction, he was hilarious. He is. Uh, they eventually got to a point in their career, like you said, they're a very cinematic band, not yeah. only sonically giving you a, a, a picture in your head, but they would do these stage shows um, that would involve uh, a lot of, obviously, lights and, and, yeah. and effects, but they would do... They would have a big video screen behind them, and they would eventually, later on in their career, they started making these little movies that would play, and Alex would play these outrageous, over-the-top characters that were just hilarious. And if you've ever seen he and Getty, like you said, they're best friends. They've been friends since they were 13, and they still talk yeah. like they're hanging out in high school and goofing off. And it's just they make each other laugh. That's and, wild. And he loves making Getty laugh. It's so damn funny. So um, that was incredibly cool. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yay. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, Casey, give me the wrap-up. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back in a moment. We're trying to stay on time. So let's break. Come back. We'll do the Bizarre File and get to all that in a bit. Stay with us. What's new? Why do you ask? Blank 182. Smashing Pumpkins. Roll beat. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Monday Night Raw uh, doesn't seem like this, but... Hasn't been in Philly for a year. Whoa. Oh, my God. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it was like an every year stop for sure. Perennial. Uh, Philadelphia loves, uh, you know, the the whole Raw event and all yeah. the wrestling. So, obviously, there's a lot of excitement yeah. uh, around uh, this Monday night's event, which is really cool. And we are excited to have our next guest on the line. And I was excited to play this music. I think it sounds really cool. Uh, he will be in attendance for the event on Monday night. He is the Archer of Infamy. Please welcome Damian Priest. Yeah. Hey, this morning. What's, What's up, everybody? How you doing, Damian? <laughs> What's going on, man? Where Now, where are you today, man? You guys travel all over the world. 
Today, let me think. Uh, I'm in Florida today. <laughs> you are in Florida today. Uh, yeah. So uh, Monday Night Raw coming back to Philly. Uh, this is a this is a great wrestling town, man. People, you you can feel the excitement. I've gone to a few Monday Night Raw events, and I'm telling you, it's a spectacle. I'm losing your audio. Ah. Uh, can, can you hear me uh, now, sir? I can't hear you now. Uh, 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 damn it. We might have to switch to the phone. We'll tweak around with some uh, wires and juggle some things here and see if he can hear. Yeah, I can barely hear you guys. Barely. All right. We'll, we'll, uh, let me do this. Hold on a second. We're going to reset. There we go. Is that better? better? All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Like right. that. All right. So anyhow, man, I was saying you can, you know, Philly's a a, a great wrestling town. Uh, there's a, the, the fans go crazy. It always sells out. It's always, you know, to the rafters full. But you you can feel it. You've, you've wrestled here in Philly before, have you not? Yes. I mean, I used to live, I mean, 10 minutes from that arena. Um, you know, I trained at the Monster Factory, which is right there in Paulsboro, New Jersey, which is right across the bridge. <laughs> So yeah, I, I was I spent a lot of time in that area. So um, I love me some Philly. The crowds there. This is Philadelphia is definitely one of the best crowds that we've that we always get the chance to perform in front of. So for us, we're always extra hyped up and excited to perform in front of those crowds. So Philly, we got a lot of love from Philly. So you, you talk about the um, uh, the uh, Paulsboro uh, the the Monster Factory, and there. And I was talking to Preston. You know, uh, talking about you coming on. The amount of of like um, smaller divisions and and if you're a wrestler working your way up through the different divisions and uh, you know there's there's uh, like there's a, a, a Japanese um, what was it the, the one that you, uh, you you wrestled for NXT all these different there's just a ton of things to work your way through is that still the case right now because it seemed for the longest time that there you, you'd call up any wrestler and they had about thirty or forty credits of all of these in their background that they sort of work this circuit to get to the WWE. Is that your story as well? Yeah, I mean, it, it took, I was an overnight 15-year success, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wrestled, we call them the indies, independent wrestling. That's so, it, yeah. You know, you're, you're wrestling all these, like you said, all these small markets and little territories and basically, you know, to little to no money, just trying to get experience, trying to get your name out there. And they're all over. They, they're still around. You know, obviously, you know, with the pandemic and everything, a, a, lot of, a lot of them shut down. And they're not as up and running as they were. But they're still out there. Okay. And, that, yeah, very much a thing. And I came from that. And, you know, like, you could look back. And if I could change things and maybe make it earlier. But, nah, man, I, the stories I have and the, the, the friendships I've made and the experiences and all the knowledge, I, I think that's it is what got me here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's for me, I, I love that I took that path and journey um and especially in the northeast you know from new york new jersey philadelphia area um it's it is still to this day the number one wrestling area uh in in, in this country so for me to be a part of that scene um it's awesome damien what was it like what would your family think when when you said you wanted to to get into wrestling uh <laughs> yeah, not big fans. <laughs> well, you, your dad is a is a martial artist, is he not? Yes. Yeah, so for him, he was like, ah, man. <laughs> you know? you know? yeah. And UFC at the time wasn't a thing, though. So right. UFC was like in its infancy; they were just starting off. So you know, I used to fight first, and then you know, when we stopped, and then I chose to do you know professional wrestling. He was kind of like, oh, okay, I'll support <laughs> you, but he didn't really want me to do it. You know, same thing with my mom and everybody. Everybody was they would support me, but they didn't really want to. You know, well, because you had- they wanted me to do something else. They'd rather I become a cop or a lawyer or a doctor. You know, like any other parents, you know, they want that type of life for their kids. 
Uh, I just, you know, I needed, I, I always loved the aspect of entertainment and then a little bit of violence. So this is perfect for me. <laughs> well, you had, you had, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you had two national championships that, that you won in, uh, and what is it? It's Japanese karate. Is that what you're? Yes, yeah, okay. Nojuru Karate. Okay, uh, and, and so so I can see where they're thinking that's more a, a pure thing. But honestly, if you look at if you're obviously charismatic and you and you, you the fans love you, uh, you know, it's hard to look at the success of other people, uh, you know, who've come from the world of wrestling and in films and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, now I assume that they see your trajectory and your choice was the right way to go. Correct? Or are they still giving you crap for it? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Now, now, you know, like, they're cool. Yeah. Like, they're like, hey, look, I, I'm sorry. Like, you you proved us wrong, you All know. Right. Like, you, you lived your dream, you know. And, and that was the thing for me, you know, when I made that switch. Because for years I wanted to make it, you know, but I just didn't know what I needed to do. I just kind of, like, just went through the motions of what I thought I should do or right. what I, everybody else thought instead of just working my hardest for my own dream. Well, um, and until I committed to that and, you know, cause nobody's going to work for ourselves. You know, we got to do that. And, uh, once I committed to that, everything just started to fall in place, and here I am today. So every, so they recognize that and, and it's pretty cool. Now they're all obviously super proud and, you know, can you talk to this person? Can you give me a call? Can we FaceTime so we can talk to uh, right. somebody? <laughs> Damien, when when this wrestling thing eventually goes into your past, I think you've got a career as a movie voiceover guy, yeah. the movie trailer guy. The pipes on you, as we say in the business, man. Oh, man. I'll be honest. I, I would love to do like uh, like animated characters, especially like superhero stuff. Yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, so, listen, you were you were obviously you were, you weren't uh, born Damian Priest. Damian Priest is a character that you became. But I have a question about your tattoos because are the tattoos? Do the tattoos belong to Damian Priest or do they belong to Luis Martinez? Hmm. Uh, I think it's a combination, um, and I say that because when we created Damian Priest. Um, and I remember it was with Triple H and we were talking about how the presentation was going to be. And it was basically, and he was very adamant. He was, but I want you because I want this guy. The name is cool. It represents rock star and and all this because, but the guy I want to see on TV is the guy that I'm talking to, you know, this guy, the cool guy, like the guy that that likes doing stuff and and just has this way about him that, that, you know, that just. That were, you know, he was like, I like you. He was so, I, I, this is what I want people to see. So I was like, okay. And it took me a while to know how to be myself on TV because it's weird. Like, I am me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But it, but then you have this idea of what you think you are. So then you try to be that, which is, it, man, it's mind boggling. But um, so the tattoos are very much me. Um, but I am both. I am Damien Priest. Like, uh, while I am Luis, obviously that's my real name. But, I, to this day, like, I really believe, like, Damien Priest, like, what you see on TV is very close to me. The way I, I walk, the way I smile, the way, you know, just the way I act, the way I love what I do, it, it, that's real. So, um, it, the tattoos are a combination because they, they're meant for both of us. Uh, Damien, I want to ask you, you got a few different connections into the musical world, and uh, you ended up, uh, you're, you are buddies with Bad Bunny, and uh, you guys uh, worked together at WrestleMania this year. How did that happen? If, if people don't know, Bad Bunny's a Puerto Rican artist, singer, rapper, um, and so I, I, I think you guys have been friends for a while, but then to end up wrestling together, that, I don't know, it seemed kind of shocking. So it's funny, because obviously I'm, you know, a big rock, heavy metal guy, so <laughs> when this got presented... <laughs> And I'll tell you this one because this is a funny story. Uh, Triple H comes up to me and, and 
you know, he's like, hey, so, you know, you're going to debut on Mon- at the Royal Rumble and then, you know, you're going to stay on Monday Night Raw. This is when I was moving from NXT to, to Raw. Um, you know, you're going to, you know, you're getting called up. So he goes, and they're going to pair you with Bad Bunny, we teaming with Bad Bunny. And in my head, I looked at him and I was confused. And I said, how could you name a wrestler Bad Bunny when there's an artist? He <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. And he just looked at me like I was so stupid. <laughs> and he was like, that is the Bad Bunny. And I was like, oh. I was like, I mean, that's cool. I mean, he's a huge worldwide Latin artist. I mean, he's the biggest Latin artist, like, at the moment. So, uh, I mean, break, uh, breaking records with, you know, just, just awards that he's won and everything. So... Uh, and then we we met literally that same day he told me this is before the Royal Rumble. This is in January last year, and just like instantly we became friends. We started talking. We 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 were raised in the same town in Puerto Rico. I have a family member that used to be his brother's elementary school teacher. Like it, we had so much in common, and then we just started talking. We became cool, and then uh, you know our first deal in front of everybody was at the Royal Rumble when he came out and jumped on Miz and Morrison, and, and you know, then we hugged and whatnot, and then from there on we were together every day on TV. Uh, it was a trip because obviously you know celebrities in wrestling are usually there to promote something and then they leave right away. They don't really care. Uh, but he was a huge fan, so he literally moved to Florida to for for months to train at the for performance center just to make sure that he didn't look stupid. Like, he took this really serious. He trained. Like he was at five days a week. He was at, at, in rings and took his licks and took his bumps. And, you know, and uh, he made something special out of a moment that that he could have just taken it lightly, and he didn't. And uh, I love that we got to team at WrestleMania. Huge moment. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and then we've remained friends ever since. That's cool. It got, it got great uh, coverage. I remember it's kind of people like, holy crap, the guy, the guy really... He's really doing it, you know, like he wasn't phoning it in, which is very cool. I wanted to ask you, with obviously, you know, working the circuit and working your way up and and doing all that, here you are, WWE, you know, you've got all of this going on, but you've been very candid about it in your past. You know, you you were living on the streets for a little bit. You you know you, you that that sort of climb up where you have to, and I think we all hit that point. And I I know clearly in my life where I had that. All right, I've got it. I've got to be a torpedo. I've got to go all in. And and your trajectory was kind of, a, you had an epiphany moment, right? You were working as a, as a bouncer. Was that it? Yeah, I worked clubs, bars, you know, whether I was managing or I, I would get, you know, serving gigs, uh, whatever I could just to, you know, support this living that I wanted of wrestling. Literally, I was working to support that because... There wasn't much more left after that. I, I would spend more money to wrestle than I made. Yeah. And uh, even when I lived in, you know, in the Jersey area, that like in, in that area by, by you guys, um, I remember with my, I lived with my girlfriend at the time and, and we we struggled. Like, you know, she had a job, but she had kids and we literally would do our food shopping at Dollar Tree, you know, and, and she was very supportive up until, you know, like finally... Like I said, it was when I decided to give it my all, then little by little, things started falling into place. Oh, you're going to get better opportunities. You're going to get paid this much. And I was like, oh, wow. And then this opportunity. And oh, wow. And then you just keep on. And and then this this ball just kept on rolling. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep going with it, you know, and uh, little by little. And even WWE at the time, it's funny because in 2015, I had a tryout. And, uh, you know, they told me just, there's nothing for you here right now. Mm. And I was, I was disappointed, but I was like, okay, you know, I'll just keep doing my thing. And I started working for another company. And then I tried again, uh, a few years later and just 
contacted them. Hey, anything? No, nothing for you. The next year, hey, nothing for you. So I was like, God, well, I guess WWE is not going to be a thing for me. And, you know, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm, I changed my life. I'm a positive person now and just going to continue working hard at what I do. And I, as long as I'm happy, I'm good. Hey, and then they called me. No, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I'm curious when you, when you are working your way up through, like you said, in the Indies, um, did, you, did you ever see anybody who was like, just had no business attempting to be a professional wrestler. I mean, yeah, just about every day. Really? <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I'm imagining like a real puny, skinny guy's like, dude, what are you doing, man? I mean, no, the best, uh, yeah, they're usually not in shape, but then the best is like there's not an ounce of athleticism right. in their body. Like, they've never even watched a sport. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know how to run. Like, they, they struggle to just run, like, to put one yeah. foot in front of the other. It just looks awkward. And then it's like, hey, uh, you know, what do you want to do with this business? They're like, I just want to take it as far as I can. And it's kind of like, I think you already have. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're there. I've got good news. You're there. But, you know, listen, there are... <laughs> Look, I'm the example. I don't want to tell people not to chase, chase their dreams, but, you know, I'm also a realist. So yeah, like, um, sometimes you got to break it to them, man. Hey, listen, for every Undertaker, there's a pallbearer, you know what I mean? So <laughs> maybe, you know, Undertaker's not, hey, you know, part of Some your... of the smaller guys, like, yeah. remember Mysterio, dude? Yeah. I'm watching that guy, I was like, whoa, yeah. man. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely right. Rick Mysterio's still going strong. He'll be there this Monday as, okay. as well. And uh, he can still do things that I can only dream of. Right. Uh, he's incredible. So, yes, the size doesn't matter. It's everything else that comes with it. And, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, people are born to do things or not do things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's there's a part of me that it always gets entertained watching the people who are not born for it try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's who's maybe the best you've ever seen at the at the spiel, at the pose, at the at the getting on the mic and 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 poking and 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 all that. Who do you think uh, is the goat in that regard? Oh, on the mic, the Rock, uh, hands down. Oh, I mean, okay. Like to me, watching the Rock. Um, I mean, there was never a time that you weren't entertained. Like, he came out, you're glued to that TV. Like, people who don't watch wrestling, like, I remember my family would, the music would hit. If you smell, my dad could kind of walk over because he wants to see what he's going to say because he always makes them laugh. Yeah. You know, like, that to me is, man, he's the, he's the bar, like, okay. when it comes to handling the mic. I mean, he's, he's I think, still the, the most, the highest earning star in Hollywood. Did you watch any of his, uh, the sitcom that was based on his life a little bit? It was on NBC. Um, and it, it was a great peek in because they had these actors playing these iconic wrestlers of when his father was at the height of his game. I yes, I love that. that. That was my probably my favorite part of the show was getting like that sneak peek into like that era and seeing like you know I know they were actors playing the characters, but in the moment I'm invested like it's them and um, that that was fantastic. They're very cool. I'm a I'm a huge rock fan. Like uh, just came from nothing, you know. Obviously, he's built up uh, an empire that's. I don't see how anybody could even come close to matching it, but he's a, he that guy's an inspiration. Like I, I kind of model a lot of things I do sometimes after that. Like just keep working hard, you know. Just put your head down, and just move forward, and one foot in front of the other. Just keep working hard. Okay. Would be the hardest worker in the room, and that mentality. Um, and man, that guy's achieved so much that it's like, yeah, I think you won, man. You won it, like. you know what? All of you guys, when and we we've talked about this time and time again when we've had any of the wrestlers, anybody associated with the WWE come in. 
First off, super fan friendly, which we really love. That's a that's a that's a key thing. And then be you know charismatic, smart, always uh, conversive. All of that, and so you can see why Hollywood eventually you know has uh, is is embracing uh, these your uh, people in your profession. I wanted to ask you. So you're you're six five. Six five. Right. So, so uh, you're a big guy. Uh, you're on the the larger size of the wrestlers currently wrestling today. But there was a time. Were you like really overweight at one time? I find that very hard to believe when I see what I'm seeing right now. But was that the case? I lost about I don't know, like 160 pounds. Oh, oh. damn! Yeah, this is again part of me just kind of coasting and just not caring and just thinking everything was going to get handed to me. And then it wasn't until I just took everything seriously and you know had to lose all this weight and get in shape. And I was like, oh wow, this sucks. You know? <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of The Rock, that uh, what movie is that with him and Kevin Hart? When he goes, oh, oh man, how did you uh, how did you get to you know, in such great shape? Oh, it's you know, real simple. I just you know worked out for six days uh, or six hours a day for twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, yeah, with unicorns. Yes. 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 That's a good one. That's a funny one. Uh, yeah. Basically, that it's like, oh yeah, I just you know stopped eating. Almonds. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, Damien, uh, what's what's on the schedule for uh, this coming Monday in Philly? Any any matches you want to highlight, or, or what's your what, what are you going to be doing? You know, I mean, obviously Brock Lesnar is a part of Monday Night Raw now, being the WWE champion. So you know, he's going to be in there, and, and you know, he's a wild card. That guy, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> he's he's so, he's wild to watch. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's he, for me. I mean. It's wild to just see him walking in the in the you know the locker room area, just the hallways. It's just he hell of a presence, um, you know. And obviously the rest of you know, you got RK Bro, Randy Orton, and, and, and Riddle, and, and just all the stars that that are on there, bro. Obviously, I'm gonna be there with my United States Championship. Um, I, I like to do these open challenges from time to time and just give an opportunity to whoever wants it. You know, whoever wants to come get it, you know, <laughs> here it is. Here's your shot. You know, so there's always a chance of one of those. But, you know, this is the second Raw of the year. We're, we're, we're coming in hot. And it's, and it's Philly. Um, everybody's going to be amped up. So, like, the fans, like, expect what you what we, you should, like, expect, you know, us giving you the best show that we can. And and you do. I've seen it. In oh, I have as well. It's, it's amazing, and, man. And Preston, when you see the people who are reticent or are like, I don't know, and then they go and they, it's like, holy hell! There's never a moment where things don't stop. Right. It, it is constant. Even when there's not a match going on, there is something happening that keeps you engaged throughout the whole night. It's hard to find time to go to the bathroom yeah. or something like that. <laughs> I can't do nothing, yeah. man. It's awesome. Yeah. No, you're, you're correct. It, it's it's a difference. Like watching it on TV is one thing, but live event, like being there live, and, and I say this for a lot of things, you know, but especially in our business and the WWE, you know, events, um, like it's just so interactive with the fans too. Like in between, like you said, in between, like even during commercial breaks, like mm-hmm. for the fans in attendance, there's always something going on for them. Yeah, and it's watch out for the. Experience. It's pretty cool. And watch out for the explosions. They scare the living <laughs> hell out of you. There's always some kind of explosions. Wow. All right, Damien, thanks for checking in, man. Enjoy Monday night in Philly. We appreciate it, bud. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, Damien Priest. Yeah. Everyone will look great, right? Yeah. Archer of Infamy. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. They, they, they put on a show. That's, that's what they do. It's sports entertainment, and they know what they're doing. You know what? We got some...
tickets that we can get. Ooh, yeah, it's a pretty sweet deal. So, uh, I tell you what, we'll take caller number 12 at 215-263-WMMR, and we will give you a pair of tickets, 215-263-WMMR. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is going to be there live. Uh, tickets on sale now at uh, Wells Fargo Center. Uh, Philly.com, by the way. Uh, what you looking for? Well, also, if, you don't, if you're not able to get through now, uh, we do have a secret yes. text word today. Yeah, so we're going to be giving those away as well. Did I tell you that the, <laughs> the one, one time I took my, uh, my nephews to see Raw, and uh, this was up in New York, and uh, I was we, through the radio station I was working at at the time. I got seats right down, right by the ring. Ooh. And it was, I made, it was their birthday, their twins. They were having a phenomenal time. I got up to go to the bathroom. And when I came back, I was walking through a brawl. No, occurring, no. <laughs> walking through a brawl. A the Undertaker. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's All great. around me. I'm like, I just want to... <laughs> That's the best. It was hilarious. <laughs> we we had really good seats one year and, and went back later and we DVR'd it and watched ourselves uh, <laughs> yeah. on, on TV. It was really cool. It's going to be a really busy weekend in South Philly because Sixers play at the Wells Fargo Center on Friday night. The Wings play Saturday afternoon. Wings play, I think, at noon. Flyers play Saturday night. Eagles play Saturday yeah. night in South Philly. And then the WWE on Monday night. Wow. Yeah. Man. We're talking about taking the subway. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even even the subway after Eagles games now is nearly impossible to get on. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like if you walk down there, I'll usually wait for at least three. And, and this is also after I go to Live Casino. I go to Live Casino, <laughs> hang out there for a couple, a couple of hours. Yeah. And then I go over to the subway and it's still packed. No. It always when you talk about that. It always reminds me of the footage of when they were, uh, you know, heading on their way to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Eagles. <laughs> and the the guys is running. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> runs right into the... Oh, that's the best. Oh, that's it's so one bad. of my favorite videos. <laughs> yeah. That guy had his, uh, he had his moment. He had his 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. All right. We should take a break because I got some bizarre file stories I want to get to you. So we will do that in just a moment. Hang in there. We'll be back in a second. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The season of delicious smells, wish-you-wells, and tasty drinks that fuel your day. When the wind blows cold and all you want to hold is free coffee on Tuesdays. That's right. It's the season. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Hey, Window Nation brings the best of the home show savings right into your home. You can get two free windows with every two you buy with no limit, plus pay no interest for 60 months. Go to windownation.com slash home show and use their free virtual visualizer to see how their window options will look on your home. But hurry, these once a year home show savings end soon. Get two windows free with every two you buy and pay no interest for five full years. Call today, 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com slash home show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston Steve's Bizarre File. A a team of inept monkey hunters (laughs) in Japan, and that's the name of a band, by the way, inept uh, monkey hunters. Inept! Uh, accidentally shot a woman who had reported a monkey to them with their tranquilizer dart yesterday afternoon. <laughs> the incident occurred after I don't feel so several witnesses reported seeing Sorry about that. Uh, the macaque near Fujikawa Station. <clears throat> Three municipal employees and one monkey hunting specialist 
armed with tranquilizer rifles, were dispatched to the scene to take the monkey down. Upon arrival, as they spoke with the unfortunate woman who was giving them details as the rogue monkey's whereabouts... You shot me! One of the team accidentally shot her in the arm with a tranquilizer dart. Uh, city officials explain that one of the hunter's fingers slipped while tapping the barrel of the rifle to prevent air leakage and oh, no. pulled the trigger <laughs> with the barrel pointed at the uh, helpful woman. Enough sedative to knock out a 33-pound monkey flooded into her bloodstream and put her to sleep almost immediately. Uh, the hapless monkey hunting have some pudding? the hapless monkey hunting team rushed the woman to the hospital where she woke up an hour later, although it was still another hour before she was lucid enough to properly express herself. Wow. She suffered no injuries and was released later that day. Uh, the monkey remains at large. Uh, the incident raised questions about the competence of their monkey hunters. So so this is a, a big issue with handling the monkey population? Yeah, apparently they've been having some run-ins. All right. Uh, and the Fuji City government issued an apology to the woman. They promised a full investigation into the incident. Was it this area or was it uh, another area where the monkeys were actively, like, throwing dogs and cats off roofs and stuff that like that, India. attacking children? Yeah. Yeah. It was in India, yeah. Uh, so here's a follow-up story. All right, the alleged duck sauce killer. Oh yeah, oh, this this guy though. Yeah, it turned out he had been hoarding duck sauce. Well, his dying declaration, because uh, apparently he left a note. Good, that's a always good. Accused the NYPD of sloppy police work and complained that the accommodation at Rikers left much to be desired. Oh, it's like a prison. Uh, <laughs> this place is like, it's a, like a prison. prison. Uh, the letter by Glenn Hirsch, who allegedly shot a food delivery man in a long-running feud with a Chinese restaurant over a lack of duck sauce, uh, was filed as a court exhibit on Monday and obtained by the New York Post. Where's the duck sauce? Uh, Hirsch dated it. Uh, dated the six-page letter August 5th, the day of his suicide, oh. writing, I hereby declare my innocence in connection with the death of Mr. Zhuen Yan. I did not shoot Mr. Yan, and I am not responsible for his death. In a ridiculous and feeble attempt to portray me as someone who is uh, condiment-obsessed and overly vexatious or disturbed, the NYPD took photographs of the inside of my refrigerator, wrongly reporting that it is filled with condiments. Hirsch also calls his arrest and indictment one of the most obscene and egregious cases of defamation and wrongful arrest in recent memory. It is a textbook case of sloppy police work, confirmation bias, political pressure, and rush to judgment. Like, they had witnesses that this guy did yeah. this. He shot a guy over duck sauce. Yeah. That's crazy. It's hard to argue your way out of that. Yeah, so he had uh, he has apparently he had written this uh, suicide note. Well, history will yeah. think kindly of him now. Yep, they don't actually. There's like no duck and duck sauce, right? It's no, just the name. It's okay. penguins. Uh, penguins. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they make it with penguins. <laughs> uh, actually, I have another condiment story. Let me see if I can find this. It was a little deeper in the bizarre file, but I would like to tie uh, these two together. Um, hang on, just a second here. Not duck sauce. Not uh, a one. No, it's actually. Uh, yeah, here we go. An Arizona woman was arrested uh, in Newport on Tuesday after she allegedly covered the sales floor of a local cannabis dispensary in condiments. So the woman began throwing condiments inside of the dispensary after she purchased cannabis from the store. Upon completing her purchase, 42-year-old Ronnie Marie Dulesky pulled a small packet of unknown sauce from her purse and began smearing the condiment around the sales counter and throwing it at medication station dispensary employees. So it's just one packet of 
No, there was more. Employees oh. reported that uh, Dulesky, they were they reported reportedly asked her to stop making a mess and leave the store. However, when they escorted her to the lobby, she reportedly pulled out a bottle of teriyaki sauce from her purse okay. and proceeded to cover the room with more sauce. So she started with a packet. Okay. And then she had a bottle stashed away in her purse. Was she a client at this dispensary? Yeah, she made a purchase. Yeah. Huh. So the woman dug deeper into her purse, producing a bottle of teriyaki sauce, which she then poured onto the carpet. She flung the remaining sweet and tangy, sticky contents of the bottle on the walls and furnishings. Dulesky left the store when the bottle was empty and was contacted a short while later by a responding officer who ultimately took her into custody. An officer informed her that she was under arrest. She told him she wasn't and began struggling with the officer. After a very brief <laughs> attempt at resisting arrest, the officer took her into custody. You're under arrest. Oh, I'm not. Yep. No, really, you are. <laughs> All right, this is a story out of New York City. Gunfire erupted paces away from St. Patrick's Cathedral when a game of three-card Monty went awry, <laughs> sending tourists scattering, police and witnesses said. You've seen those guys, right? Oh, I played it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got my ass handed right. to me. It's a, it's just a scam. Look at this. This, yeah. is, this game's easy. People yeah. are winning left and right. <laughs> they were all in on it. Right, yeah. Except for me. <laughs> all right, so uh, two groups of people have been sitting under scaffolding playing a card game around 450. One of them won, one of the men won a gold necklace. Uh, but the other was not happy to be losing uh, the uh, be on the losing end of the gamble. So the angry man walked over to a black BMW, grabbed a gun from inside, and fired off a single shot instead of forking over the jewelry. The bullet shattered the driver's side window of a red Mercedes Benz. The guy started running, and then, according to a witness, started chasing. They started chasing each other down the block. Uh, everybody started running on the street, mostly tourists and some New Yorkers. He said, "What a day!" Uh, the men got into their cars and raced around the block. The BMW chasing after the Mercedes and into a nearby parking garage. One man from each car got out of the vehicles. Witnesses said they fought each other for less than a minute. They then returned to their vehicles and drove off separately. <laughs> Police have not made any arrests in this incident as of yet. Three-card money, man. It's yep. been around forever. It's a, and it's a total scam. All right, and uh, let me do one more quick story. Uh, police arrested a meatpacker employee on Long Island for tampering with the product about to go to consumers. Karen Gutierrez was arrested, and according to detectives, while working as a meatpacker for the Ava companies, Gutierrez allegedly removed a coin from her pocket and then shoved it into a meat package that was set to go out for retail consumption. Ooh, it's like a Greek bread, a, a New Year's bread. They put a dime in it. Uh, the bin of meat products that were set to be distributed for retail consumption were discarded, causing a loss of $400. You got the lucky coin. On Friday, police placed uh, Gutierrez under arrest without further incident, and she is charged with criminal mischief, tampering with consumer product, and criminal nuisance as well. And there you go. <laughs> That's what I have in the Bizarre File. And we'll take a break and come back and just a moment. Stay with us. Wait, what's say? Where was that place Preston and Steve said that guy did that thing that one time? Uh, don't bother your friends. If you missed something on the Preston and Steve show, the daily podcast and the YouTube stream are posted on PrestonandSteve.com every day after the show for just such occasions. It's always there and always free. And that is until the internet breaks and then we've got bigger problems. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's happening, Steve? Well, Madonna's MTV VMA award for the iconic hit Papa Don't Preach now on the auction block with an estimated price tag of 60 
$50,000. Madonna says she had attempted using the Moon Man statue as a dildo, but found it too small. Oh, hey! Travis Scott hit the stage at the at the 11 nightclub in Miami on Friday night where reports were that the celebrity-filled audience went crazy. Scott says the night was a personal triumph for him as most of the audience left without being crushed to death. Oh, oh my So he God. likes that. And finally, Kim Kardashian was awarded a restraining order against a lunatic who has shown up to her Hidden Hills estate on multiple occasions. As part of the court order, court order, the lunatic must stay 100 yards away from Kim unless it's his weekend to have the kids. <laughs> well done. I want to talk about uh, pregnancy sex. Oh, okay. Just a moment here. Yay uh, or nay? Uh, well, there was a new study... Uh, that suggests the window of opportunity for sex during the second trimester, or is it the third trimester? Uh, yeah, the second trimester is shorter than previously thought. So the second trimester of pregnancy is often referred to as the honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. Because sickness symptoms start to fade and the desire to have sex returns. Uh, researchers surveyed more than 200 U.S. women about how often they had sex during each week of their pregnancy. And overall, the probability of sexual intercourse increased uh, during around 60% of the second trimester, they said. Uh, So for many pregnant women, the first trimester of pregnancy, 0 to 13 weeks, is characterized as uh, by symptoms including nausea, vomiting, fatigue, constipation, cramps, and more. You don't feel sexy. No. However, during the second trimester, 14 to 26 weeks, many of those pregnancy symptoms disappear or reduce, and women get much of their energy back in the second trimester and often find their libido increases leading to couples rekindling their sex life. All right, so I I have a um it's like a double-edged sword here, right? Cuz I use during sex? No. Oh. No. I find pregnant women to be very sexy and okay. attractive. Yes, okay, I do not. I, and I know yes. and you and I have talked about this. Yep. Mm-hmm. However, like uh like, don't think that I search out, like, pregnancy porn or anything like that because I, I don't no. like that. When I see that, I'm like, oh, my God. You're, you're demeaning. You're ruining, I, I, yes. you're ruining it, right? Honestly, I think that's what turned me off. I saw that, and I'm uh-huh. like, I am not. Yeah. No. That's, no. That's, Get away from the camera. Yeah. You're going to be a mom. That's don't do okay. that. Yeah. If it's not, <laughs> do they, if they don't mention pregnancy porn and what to expect and you're expecting, it's probably something you shouldn't be delving into. I, the, I don't know what it is about, like, you know, a big pregnant belly. Like, I, I don't know. I think it might th- be a glow about the woman. I, I don't know what it is. I, I, listen, we have, you know, we, we don't have kids, but I've, I've seen, I do see. Or there is that sort of energy or glow past the sickness stage because mm-hmm. I know that's got to be daunting. What what's that? What is happening to a, a woman's body? But at, in that period where you're often they're told that they're glowing, mm-hmm. I I think that is the case. I I and um, so yeah, I can see that. I don't think that's uh, something that's ridiculous. All right. Uh, so they said it's perfectly. <laughs> what <laughs> we both <Okay>. we both <laughs> agree on super bad yes. and pregnant women. Yeah, I gotta. It's um no. That's I just not you my know, thing. I, I well, that's fine. I yeah. was reluctant to say anything because I'm like, oh, do I sound creepy? Do I, Kathy? You'll tell me. You'll be honest. Do I sound creepy? That, that he finds pregnant women attractive. I mean... In a wholesome, non-porn way like Preston likes. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, please. Please. No, not creepy, but maybe... I don't know. No, maybe you're just 
your own wife. Okay. <laughs> Leave the other pregnant ladies to their husbands. <laughs> Kathy's swallowing the language. Casey, do you, do you like a little baby bump or do you like full on ready to pop? What gets you going? What makes you? Oh, what uh, really yeah, like? Oh, yeah. What gets yeah. you? What pumps your oh, nads? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it, it at least when they're showing. Uh, when they're crowning, you know what I, you know what I love, and I don't necessarily find this to be a, a turn on or anything like that, but I just think it's the cutest thing. Is when the belly button pops out. Yeah. I love it. I think it's so cute. <laughs> I don't See, know no, what he, it is. Here's the thing: you're, you're, we're morphing this. You you uh-huh. just think that they they look good. It, it, yeah. The, okay, the little belly button is cute. It's not yeah, like he wants to go bang them. Yeah. Well, they're they're already in the process. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's. They've already been prompted. Yeah, I think they've been I, think, I think nature, yeah. nature has that. Mad. There are there are all things in play, and I think it. Why, I don't Something know. Like While you guys are talking about this, Marissa and I are making like gagging faces <laughs> at each other, going oh. <laughs> belly button all stretched out and pop. That's gross. Oh, and their boobs. I've heard, so I've heard a lot of women say that they that, that they don't. They can't wait to go through the process and get it over with because right. they feel they, and that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have, I've never had to deal with that, but the, uh, you know, they feel less than attractive or, or so on and so forth. There's a lot of things in play. Uh, so the like, uh, a, like a soccer match. Uh, they're saying in the study that it is uh, perfectly safe for women to have sex during their pregnancy unless a doctor or midwife has told them not to. What, a, what about during labor? Couples, although some expecting <laughs> couples abstain from sex completely. Not during labor. Sometimes they say that sex can kind of move, move along. along. Right. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, but according to the study authors, differences in sexual frequency during pregnancy have already been documented in studies that only surveyed once per trimester. Uh, therefore, they wanted to assess changes in the frequency of sexual intercourse more regularly across all weeks of pregnancy. Uh, across the whole pregnancy period, sexual intercourse frequency declined in general in line with common pregnancy symptoms such as fatigue and nausea, the researchers found. I would assume also when you're at your biggest, it's got to be very uncomfortable. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and for anybody who has been like uh, big time pregnant now, yeah, and like July through all that heat and humidity, oh, I, I couldn't imagine. I wouldn't. That would feel so uncomfortable. Uh, so let's see. They they then looked at how uh, sexual intercourse probability fluctuated in the three trimesters by analyzing the raw data with computer models. Overall, the probability of intercourse declined sharply around eighteen percent each week between conception and eleven weeks, which is during the first trimester. So the sweet spot is the second. Uh, So it subsequently increased by around 3% each week between weeks 11 and 21, which is the tail end of the first trimester and ending before the end of the second trimester. But from week 22, the probability of intercourse then declined steadily, which was 6% each week uh, through the end of the pregnancy until birth. Interestingly, the study was the first to show that stark fluctuations within trimesters corresponded to pregnancy symptoms, which increased up to the first 11 weeks and then subsided. I'm I'm losing all this here. You lost me. All I want to know is, can the baby grab your unit? Okay. And that's that's a weird thought, right? That you might have while... Yeah. Engaging in this, yeah. I know it's it, not I, going to happen. It's not gonna happen obviously, <laughs> but it's a, still. I think I a lot think of guys it, think that, yeah. right? It, but or there, wonder. There, there's that. not. No, it can't happen. It's not. not, not no. no, it's not biologically, physically capable of happening. No. 
So anyway, well, especially your- I'm sorry. I'm trying to read the text messages as well. So uh, there, there are uh, you know people that agree and disagree with each of our opinions yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah. that. So. No, and that's it's, it's, it's why they make all sorts of flavors. Okay, whatever rocks your boat. All right, you're a man in the boat. Let's talk about butt <clears throat> stuff now. Oh my god! Oh, now god. we're getting wholesome. Is this the one that Kathy sent you? Uh, women. <laughs> in- this is in the book. What to expect when you're having butt love? Uh, women in the UK are suffering injuries and other health problems as a result of the growing popularity of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Among straight couples, uh, to, according to two NHS surgeons, as they have warned. This is in the UK. This is from, from The Guardian, correct? The, uh, um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, well, and, was it, I mean, I, I, yeah. I got, uh, you sent it to me after I already okay. had it, so I don't think I got this from The Guardian. Uh, the consequences, this is because it's a UK study that was done. Uh, the consequences... Include incontinence and sexually transmitted infections, as well as pain and bleeding mm-hmm. because they have experienced bodily trauma while engaging in the practice. And the doctors wrote this in an article in the British Medical Journey. Uh, journey. It was journey. a journey. Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop doing that. <laughs> Just a small tanker. It's, it, they also in the article, at least the one that I, I read, Preston. They, um, it's they're they're trying to figure out. There's been a quite a decent uptick in the frequency of. Yeah. It's almost like it's caught on, like yeah. it's all well, rage, like it's a Tide Pod challenge. It's been uh, sensationalized a little bit, yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, hey, well, any, porn does a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. and all well, that pregnancy porn you're watching. <laughs> Sometimes they'll go there. Any uh, way you want it, you know. What I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Do it again. I got it in. <laughs> One more time. All right. They're funny kids. Yes, hilarious. <laughs> She loves when, when we get very um, yeah. uh, informational clinical. and yeah. clinical, and we don't we don't act like idiots. Uh, so <laughs> when does that happen? Somebody said, "Don't stop butt leaving." Uh, <laughs> I'm just wondering. And, go ahead. We don't have a love and touch and squeezing. I wish we had that. What? No, no. That's we don't have that in our system. No, you, you believe that? That's no, crazy. I, I find that very hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyhow, uh, Tabitha, Ghana, and Leslie Hunt also argued that these are the doctors. Yeah. Also argued that uh, doctors' reluctance to discuss the risks associated with this was leading to women being harmed by the practice and letting down a generation of women who are not aware of the potential problems. Well, you know, you raised a point earlier that people who are who have gotten their information concerning uh, various levels of intimacy like this oh, from man. porn please are being led down a horrific path it's so unrealistic pornography is so unrealistic at how it depicts certain acts mm-hmm. and scenarios and and uh and, and yes and listen there may be some people who do love those fantastical things that you see in videos but for the most part it's not like that in the bedroom. You should always keep some things your Saturday night thing. Just your regular Saturday oh, yeah. night thing, yeah. You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, in the journal, they said butt stuff is considered a risky sexual behavior because of its association with alcohol, drug use, and multiple sex partners. However, within popular culture, here's where it gets to that, Steve, it has moved from the world of pornography to mainstream media and TV shows including Sex in the City and Fleabag huh. may have contributed to the trend by making it seem, seem uh, racy and daring. So, oh, uh, well, that... Okay, I had not thought about those influences. So when it crosses over, you know, this, they say a lot is downstream from pop culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is, they're sort of <laughs> taking the lead. Interesting. I'm sorry, I keep looking at the text messages. Okay. Read that one from Bill West. This one says, don't stop bleeding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's terrible. No. <laughs> The British Medical Journal, not British Medical Journey. Yeah. Uh, So now there there is this is interesting. Okay. Okay. So keep it keep it. uh, I know. uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to make Bill happy. Uh, This whole thing was his idea. No. um, You need to do more anal stuff. Where's the, I need you to stop talking. Oh, right over there. Yeah. I need you to stop talking and listen to me. <laughs> now, li- this is... This is in the news. It was in the news. You oh, saw it's it. In, it's, I, in the, it's in the... The British Medical the journals, journal. Journals. And they have accents. Yeah. I mean, we're telling people, that don't do this. We're this telling... Is a warning. And, they, and don't take your, your intimacy cues from pornography. Um, and so, we also gave away tickets to a big golf outing. Yeah. Well, not, not yet. yet. We're not going yet. to. Oh, we're right. going to. Uh, so listen to this. This is the, I think I find this one of the most interesting parts. So, and I, and I'm going to use some clinical terminology here. Oh, no. Listen, listen. Women who engage in this are at greater risk than, uh, from it than men. Women are. That's, wow. Increased rates of, of fecal incontinence. And this is the thing. Injury in that area. It says sphincter injury. Injury have been reported in women. Uh, women are at higher risk uh, because of the different anatomy and the effects of hormones, pregnancy, and childbirth on the pelvic floor. So it is, it is, it's easier for guys to do that than women. It's something to you know, wow. Yeah, mm. I didn't know that 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 our physical makeups uh, make it more dangerous for women to engage in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See. Yeah. When I've had guys do it to me, it's usually okay. Yeah. Well, it's because you're a guy. I'm a guy. Yeah. No, it's um, um, yeah. These are th- these are the things that like Oprah would talk about in such a comforting way. And I think we're very Oprah esque today, right. Kathy. Aren't we? Yeah, oh kinda. yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, we have. Uh... Listen to this. Listen, listen to this. This is exactly what the doctor said. I'm right. even leaving out some words that that add some detail to it that Bill would appreciate if I left out. And you'll see. I appreciate that. And always use your cough button. Women have less robust sphincters and lower pressures than men. And damage caused by this is therefore more consequential. (laughs) Women have more robust sphincters than men. They have less. Less robust. Less robust. You're not not interpolating the data correctly. I'm sorry. That's my my bad. That's because we're pre-law. Check this guy's picture out. Robust. Robust. You could park a Chris Craft in that thing. <laughs> Still have room for some camping equipment. <laughs> there are certain things 
And again, we've talked about what people, how people derive pleasure if you're doing it and it's consensual and it doesn't hurt other people. That's fine. Uh, there are things that uh, I am so pedestrian in my in my world. Um, Somebody says we should we should exchange uh, numbers. No, the word uh, anal to Annabelle. Oh, okay. and that, way we... that works. It does work. Annabelle. Annabelle. Now it's really erotic. <laughs> Uh, many di- oh, you found it. Mercy got it for us. Okay. Can't believe- okay. Uh, many doctors, though, especially general practitioners and hospital doctors, are reluctant to talk to women about the risks involved, partly because they do not want to seem judgmental or homophobic, uh, they added. But they're saying that having a, a discussion about this is uh, important. You have to put some things aside when you're, you're endeavoring to... to- maintain the health of mm-hmm. of people who, who might benefit from this information. And if you don't want to do it, you just say, nah, 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 nah. Exactly. That's the... That, and... Hi, I'm Steve Perry. <laughs> Many British women apparently are doing stuff they're not so fond of. I'm not going to go there because I'd have to back up. Someone else... And remember, if you don't want to do it, all you have to say is na 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 na. Oh my God, that's that's a perfect campaign. Yeah. And Steve Perry's not really doing much right no, now. No, he could really not. make a difference. He could be the national spokesperson right. in the United Kingdom uh, for um, uh, butt sex uh, yeah. awareness. Yeah. There we yeah. go. BSA. <laughs> the time is coming. A BSA. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. It's wonderful. It's brilliant. I think we saved a lot of British lives. We did. I think we could have, or some pain and uh, general discomfort. There, there, that's also, there is a, a peripheral piece of advice. There is a, a talk, talk to people, talk to your partner, talk to, oh, and make yeah. sure that everyone is. Yeah, that it's all you know, up and up, and any concerns, talk about them. I highly, yes, I highly recommend, and and it it may if if you're not used to doing that type of thing, and I'm talking about speaking openly yeah. about uh, activity in the bedroom with your significant other, with your partner, telling them contact Kathy, <laughs> she'll do it for you. No, about about what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, what you prefer, yeah, uh, things like that, what you'd like to try. Um, it might seem at first very awkward and difficult, but I. I You'll once, benefit from it once you and once you cross over and start having an open conversation. I've found it to be very yeah um, uh, liberating in a sense, and yeah. and uh, having that open communication is a uh, is just a, a step. It's, it's a positive step, I think. So yeah, so it I, led to the first purchasing of your gimp mask. Yeah. But remember, <laughs> if you don't want to do that, just say. Nah. 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 Yeah. Nah. And remember, nah means nah. Nah means nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we should take a break. We should. You know, I'm a little bit bummed out because the beginning of the conversation, <sighs> Kathy was all part of it. And then, yeah. And then yeah. she just bowed out I, after a little bit. Yep. Well, <laughs> trailed off on that one. <laughs> Your mom would have appreciated this. She would have. Yeah. If she heard it. Honestly, well, yeah. Right. What? Yes, because what it what they're She's saying. Anti-dad. Yeah, but what they're saying is <laughs> what she told me. Yeah, about healthy, but it also things. causes cancer. She said. Well, that's what she said about Farrah Fawcett. Right. Yeah. Right. You know why she got anal yeah. cancer, right? Yeah. 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 No, mom. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come into the bathroom. I want to tell you. <laughs> 
We'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Stay with us. Steve on 93.3 WGNS. 